welcome. Hey. You are listening. You are tuning into Cosmic Children. I'm Kevin. I'm your host. Today we have Ritz as Hi. our co-host. Yeah. And we have a very interesting guest today. We have Ian. Hey, what's up? <laughs> welcome, bro. So, um, I was introduced to Ian from from a friend, Charlie, uh, a veteran in the dance scene, and from what I can research about you, Ian, you. It's very difficult to put you in a box. You are a dancer, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. You are a teacher as well. Yeah. And would it be safe to say you're an entrepreneur as well, in a certain sense, because you started a lot of uh, communities? Mm, I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur because, I mean, first and foremost, just want to... If, if, if you're getting the, the definition of... My definition of entrepreneur is starting a business. Yes. I've never started any business. Okay. Yeah, the only thing that I would have tried to sell is... I was my own product for a while because I was freelance. Yeah. I was probably selling a service. Yeah. You know, I was uh, independently, you know, offering my my, my, my array of skills yeah. of freelance. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. But if you say entrepreneur, like, you know, starting a company and things like that, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. so that was my horrible, horrible introduction. <laughs> so, um, please, how, how would you introduce yourself to, to someone who not necessarily might be familiar with who and what you do? Uh a curious person I guess <laughs> because uh, I'm, a cu- I'm a curious person I I, I have a dozen of hobbies uh, yeah. I, I collect hobbies you collect hobbies <laughs> collect hobbies yeah, yeah. Like toys <laughs> yeah um, I, a, a, a variety of things I guess I guess I I, I made my mark in the community as a dancer yeah um, yeah, um, specifically, I, I do a style, a style called locking. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I was responsible for starting a, a locking community in Singapore. Yes. Which, oh, wow. Yes, yeah. Not very, not very easy to do. Um, well, yeah, yes, a community. yes, and no. But the thing is, I didn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. I was the spark to it. Yeah. But there were a lot of people that, uh, you know, organically came along the way and then would take this many steps further up. You know, right. far beyond what I imagined it to be. Yeah. yeah but you know, I, I created the the first the first wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a dance instructor. Yeah. For many years, in fact, I felt I feel that is my main niche. Yeah. Uh, dabble in video production as well. Yeah. Um, I uh, also love uh, film photography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a bedroom DJ. That's great though. Yeah. I'm also a cycle junkie. I love I love bicycles. Yeah. I, wow. I travel every year by bicycle. Yeah. Wow. So I do long tours solo. Like out of the country? Out of the country. Wow. Yeah. We definitely um, have to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Um definitely has shaped my way of uh, viewing life and seeing the world. Yeah. On two wheels. Yeah. Uh what else? What else? I love animals. Uh for the longest time I also have been volunteering with uh, animal shelters in Singapore yeah wow yeah and yeah so basically that sums up like you know the little components of my life that is yes. a lot better than a curious person <laughs> okay yeah. so um, let's, you let's really have a lot of hobbies <laughs> that's for sure so, yeah. so, so let's backtrack a bit mm. what is locking what is locking to someone who only knows dance for what 
they have seen on like say MTV or like a music video what is locking well it's the funkiest dance on the planet that's what it is okay. but in a more specific uh, more specific terms locking is, is what we call a funk style yes funk meaning the genre it's the it's the national anthem of partying mm. in the 70s um, it, it got popular in the 70s I've and heard the term the social dance yeah um, so that's the, that's the music music the genre is funk the dance style locking yes you are right is a social dance mm. you know um, uh, it, it's something that was uh, that was created you yes. know in a house party yes. you know by mistake by this guy called Don Campbell who yes. was trying to do a social dance style mm. a party dance move called like the robot shuffle and the funky chicken yeah. he couldn't do it and you know and he got stuck he got stuck <laughs> yeah he got stuck <laughs> and that that stuck move was later, you know, coined as the lock, yeah. the Campbell lock specifically. Yeah. And, you know, people tried to imitate him and overnight it just, his mistake it just became a style. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it got popularized in the clubs in, 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 in the States, in the in the West Coast. Uh, and then it made it it made it all the way like to this uh, dance uh, television show called Soul Train. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Soul Train, you yeah. know. Yeah. It was uh, basically the, the African-American American uh, um, equivalent to this other show called American Bandstand, mm. but mm. you know, yeah, for Afro for Afro Americans, so yeah, so many dancers, uh, many dance style and many dancers made it up on the show, you yeah. know, and it got popularized from there, and yeah, that's that's the and the rest is history, you know, and it just became this style, and shortly after that, um, popping was uh, also created, yes, along that same timeline. Yes. Yeah, so these two styles we call it funk styles. Mm. So popping yeah. and uh, locking. Yes, that's that's how you get the term popping and locking. So, it so, was, I'm, so I'm curious, what what about break dancing? Is it considered a funk style? Uh, breaking came after. And oh, okay. Because popping and locking is uh, created in the West Coast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, breaking came a few years later in the East Coast mm. in, in in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was also the first few music. The first music that they danced to was. Uh, uh, initially, uh, the breaks of the funk music, mm. yeah. So that's that's why they coin it, you know, the the break boys, the b boys. Yeah, yeah. So uh, locking was first, followed by popping, and then a few years later, b boy. Yeah, wow. that's interesting. Mm. So um, I'm just curious as how did you get your um, because you say it started in America in the West Coast in the East Coast for all these funk styles and everything. How did you get exposed to a style like that being from Singapore? Uh, basically, uh, I was, you know, I'm a 90s kid. So cool. we, That's I was, yeah, <laughs> we were the first uh, generation to kind of like, um, experience, you know, uh, internet. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. From dial up to ADSL to cable. Yeah. Yeah. Dial up. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mesh, Kaza, P2P. Do you yeah. still remember that, that dial-up sound? Oh. You press the enter button and then... Oh. <laughs> it's a meme right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Uh, yeah, I was on Cyberway. <laughs> Cyberway? Those who knows what Cyberway is, don't tell people, you will just reveal your age. <laughs> <laughs> Singnet, Packnet, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I chanced upon my first dance video. Let's not just say locking, even before locking... Um, we uh, uh, there was there was a first K-pop wave in Singapore. What what bands are we oh, talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about HOT and Shinwa. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, so those were the early two thousands. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, they they were popularized in the late nineteen nineties, then yeah. through the two thousands, early two thousands. So, yeah. uh, 
looking through their videos, really cool moves. Yeah. So mm-hmm. wanted to imitate them, wanted yeah. to impress the girls, feel yeah. terribly. Yeah. But in the process, um, got to love dance, you yeah. know, and I, I took the interest all the way to Polytechnic. And that was where, you know, being the curious me, went on the internet, mm-hmm. yeah, to search videos and um, saw a few videos here and there, learned the moves, didn't know what it was called. So you learn it just through the screen, through the screen. Yeah, through, yeah. I mean, like, is this was this like? I mean, I'm I'm assuming this is like pre YouTube age. Uh, pre YouTube age to the initial YouTube age. Right. So like, yeah. were, were there like an abundance of like for me like when I first started playing drums like it was I also had to mm. kind of source out my videos and like yeah. you know <laughs> imitate what they do. Yeah, yeah. But back then it's like you know you have to go search for like CDs or like DVDs, yeah. you yeah. know, and then came the torrent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lime wire, you yeah. know. So like, was yeah. that was that like? Yeah, it was. It was like this. It was exactly like this, and yeah. you know, it, there was no abundance. There was just <laughs> these few clips, yeah. which probably everyone else in every part of the world have seen before and mm-hmm. shared it. Mm. Yeah. Um. So you know, the, the the information flow was really slow, but um, yeah. So I I I I kind of had an idea of what locking is. Because I know it was like some wrist twirls and some points and things like that. Yes. And I saw it being replicated on the, the Korean MTVs. Yes. So that was my initial source yeah. and my initial reference. And I just wanted to copy it. Mm. And, and we did it. And I liked the movement. I kept repeating it, but I didn't know it was called locking. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, fast forward to 2005. 2005 okay that's a couple of years later yeah that's a couple of years later I kind of like have the idea oh yeah okay locking with this but I've never really seen it live with my eyes you know like uh, oh you've never seen another person do it yes <laughs> like like the, the proper way yeah so there was this uh, concert called the Break Urban Funk Spectacular is that the one that Aspenate with the breakdancers from Korea no no not that one uh, that okay. one is uh, later on gotcha yeah so this uh, production was uh, yeah it's from the states they yeah. had dancers from all over the United States they put them together in a show yeah so they they, they basically showcase breaking popping locking so there was this segment where, you know, I saw these dancers, they were dressed in stripes and suspenders and yeah. big apple caps, high yeah. socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really colourful, really exclamative. And they were dancing to this track, which had a lot of horns. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, the, 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 get up off of that thing. James Brown? James Brown. Yeah. But I didn't know James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but... I saw it first and they were doing the same moves, the twirls, mm. the points. I mean, I knew it was locking, but what is this sound that I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time yeah. I heard funk music. Yeah. James yeah. Brown was the king of funk. Yeah. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he's, he's, he's basically, uh, he's God. <laughs> he's, he is, man. Yeah. So he's the reason why everything started, you know, in the yeah. first. So James Brown? Yeah, so that yeah. was, that, that was it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the dancing was uh, spectacular. It really hit me, mm. but what really went on in my head was the music, and 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 the bass riff and the horns. How, how how different it sounds? I don't know because there's this energy. Because when I heard that track, uh, he wasn't singing; he was wailing. You know, mm. yeah, wow, you know, yeah, yeah. Get up off of that Is this thing. Sex Machine? No, uh, yeah, no, Sex he, Machine too. Yeah. If if you hear all his tracks, he has this energy. You know that uh, you don't really hear in any on the mainstream artists right now. Mm. Yeah, and. The, the layering of the music and all that is like very straightforward. It's just one riff going on and on, but it just makes you want to dance. Mm. So, um, 
yeah, that was it. You know, I I um, after the show, I I obtained, I, I got a CD, the soundtrack of the entire production, and yeah. I I just played it on loop every single day without gotcha. even knowing who this artist was. Yeah, right until you know I met this guy. And he said, "Hey, James Brown, there you go, James Brown." And the pieces connected, yeah. Yes, and then you know that's where that's where the Napster came on, you know, and <laughs> that's where I went on Napster. Every single James Brown track I can get my hands on, you know, I just the original Spotify, the original Spotify, <laughs> the <OG> Spotify, <laughs> Spotify yeah. 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 right? The original uh, iTunes, yeah, 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 music, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that was it first, you know. I, I I went from learning the form, then to the music first. And then got really into the music, and then now I was like, okay, you know what? Um, locking is my thing, yeah. you know, and and the funk is my sound. I want to react better to it. So this time round, I really wanted to focus on the locking because I really want to be the horns in the music. I really want to flow like the bass line. I mm. I just needed to move to this sound. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so that was where I I kind of focused from being like just. Uh, a, a dancer doing yeah, yeah. like like assorted stuff to, yeah. to like I want to be a locker. Yeah, was it was it um, mm. so so right back then was mm. it very um, strange for someone to want to dance a particular style and just focus on it, or is it more common for people to just dance an assortment of styles? At that time, it was more common. Okay. At that time, it was more common. It was a relatively new. The only scene, the only urban uh dance scene, which was. Uh, mature at that point of time was the the breakers, yes. the b boys. Okay, yeah. So the b boys had already already had that thing going, in uh, you know as a as a scene. Yeah. In in the nineties. Wow, it's early. That's wow. early. I mean, there was a wave before mm. in in the eighties. You know the break dance. Fest. Yes. Yeah, but that died off. Then this new generation resurfaced. For other styles like popping, locking, hip hop dance, I would say it's like uh, maybe early two thousands or mid two thousands. That's wow. That's yeah, so, so recent. Correct. So everything at that point of time, everybody was doing a mixture of things. Basically, what they can see on television, basically. MTV, what they can emulate, yeah. What whatever they can emulate. So that was the only source. There was no YouTube. Yes. Uh, there wasn't much uh, dance conferences going here and there. Yes. So um, yeah, at that point of time, to focus on something so specific because street dance wasn't so established at that point of time. Mm. It was not very common. Um, the only other dancer I know at that time that was doing like locking was this dancer called Michael Sim. Mm. Yeah. And that was it, you know? So, yeah. So it's incredible because um, from, from what you just said, uh, the, the, the picture you painted, mm. if not for you, to a certain degree, if not for this other guy that you met, mm. the locking scene would have been set back mm. a couple of years because it took, you to be so focused and to 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 really want to do this to 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 want to to learn this style of dance. Mm. I, I I also feel like like because of the timeline, mm. like if it wasn't for him, like it, it it's a little bit too tight. What you do know, you mean? Because like he was just saying like with like the early two thousands, like the whole hip hop thing just got started. And yeah. The early two thousands is not that long ago. It's not that long. It's and ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and these things like come and go. You know, like he was saying that like before the pre-90s, there was also the 80s era. Yeah. You know, it goes by like 10, like decades. So like if you start a little bit later, you will not like be established as it is right now. I agree. Yeah. Here in Singapore. Yeah. Like I feel like it needed to start way before. Mm. For it to be more like established in a sense. 
So yeah, it's like I see a lot of similarities in the music scene. <laughs> it's like it's too similar, you know. Especially like you know when you talk about like like dances and music, like I I feel like these two kind of go in hand hand in hand because everything y'all do you're accenting whatever music, I'm hitting. Yes, exactly. You know the drums and the bass and like do the horns especially. Exactly, exactly. And with James Brown, like you know if you are playing for James Brown, you need to be funky. Aha. Uh-huh. Cause, that's a key yeah because there's actually a recording on YouTube of like James Brown like yelling at his band oh yeah um, um, after they did a show and I think like a few of the members like messed up the, their parts and he was cussing them out and he deducted their pay god damn he, he's dead intense <laughs> yeah you know, but and, it shows in his work yeah it works I mean like you know like it, sometimes you gotta do these kind of things to keep everybody on track but yeah yeah I mean he was a little bit brutal but I can understand why he did it and that's why he is James Brown. He know. does things a little differently. He's probably uh, cussing band members who are very proper because the way normal drummers play the drums mm-hmm. is very different. They are more on the two and fours. Mm-hmm. But James Brown like to accent on the first beat. Yeah. The, on mm-hmm. the one. On the know? one, and, yeah. And, and, and that time, you know, it's like, uh, it's unheard of. Yeah. And it's fundamentally wrong to a lot of dancers, a lot of uh, percussionists, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's a story that uh, we all embrace because even locking was a mistake somewhat you exactly. know James Brown's um, very odd musical direction was also you know it's a mistake yeah so everything I, I find this aspect in the music and that aspect of the dance you put mm-hmm. it together yeah I think it's something which I think is an incredible way of looking at things you know it does not need to be too perfect but it's very organic in that sense yeah so um, what does funky mean to you? Funky right right now in in 2019. It's from oh, could could you bring us through a journey as to do you remember when when during that time when when you were looking at all these videos, you finally met someone who who does the same dance as you. Do you remember what your thoughts of funky were back then mm-hmm. and throughout your journey? Has it changed? Well, okay. I mean, this is a very um, it's a very subjective. Everybody has a very subjective of uh, perspective yeah. of. Um, how to answer this question yes. but firstly I would say being the funk yeah. and being funky is two very different things gotcha yeah I mean if you want to say that you got the funk is something that is very deep it is um, it, it, it shouldn't be something that is thrown, thrown around very loosely yeah. because funk as a genre is just you know it, it's beyond just a genre it represents a lot of things you mm. know a lot of uh, cultural things you know and being funky, I mean, a lot of people interpret funky very differently. Mm. Funky could be something, if very loosely, it could be used to, to say something that is in trend or something that sure. is very hip, yeah. right? Um, I would say, for me, being very funky, yeah. you know, is it, it's, it's, it's just um, doing things with depth. Interesting. Do, doing things with depth, you know, like... Uh, um, not 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 just aimlessly going about it. So if if for example, if you want to dance, don't just do the hype moves, you know. But just um, just really go uh, really into the music. Like I tell my dancers, you know, don't dance, don't just dance on beat, dance mm. in the beat. What does that mean, though? Uh, dance in the beat, you know. It's like that. That that that's 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 a difference, you know. Like uh, you, you that's a counting. We count it. It's one, two. Four, five, six. Yeah. The dancers they just follow that that imaginary metronome that's counting in their head. One, two, three, four, yeah. five. Right. But 
they don't sit on the beat. In the pocket. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. What? Just get pocket. Yes. Okay, what is what, the what, pocket? I get what you're trying to say, yes. man. Like, As a musician, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, okay. Stay please explain pocket. to me what is the pocket. The pocket, yeah. the pocket is, man. It's so hard to explain. Because like, I understand like yeah. it's so hard to explain. Like yeah. it's, the intervals. No, it's it's more like you know like how you put your hand in your pocket. It's nice, right? It's cozy. It's, yeah, it's cozy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when like for example like a drummer, mm-hmm. when he plays a beat. No, of course it's a metronome. Like yeah. no one yeah. to anybody can play along to a metronome. Yeah. It's how you play with the metronome. Oh. It's like I can play a hit, I can play right on the dot, or yeah, I can yeah. play before. Yeah. And like leaving space, knowing when to play and when not to play. Mm. And letting spaces fill up. And then mm. like you sit in and then and when you hear a drummer does that or a dancer do that, you can you can also kind of move with it. Okay. That's the pocket. And then you know how like sometimes you go into Excuse me, like you go into a club, a DJ puts on a song, like a banging track, and then all of a sudden you just like, you know, you move your head, and you know, like that. No, one. Like two, one rhythm. Four. You know, <laughs> okay. you just move your head. Side so so side. just bombing to the, to the rhythm. Yeah, and, and, and that's pocket. I mean, it's not exactly that, but it's also a feeling. Okay. You know, it's like it. it how do I say? He's it's like he's exactly what he says. He just he just he just summed it up. Yeah, he just summed it up for me. But yeah, it's, it's exactly. So you see that that feeling of just bobbing your head, mm. just letting the groove consume you, mm. yeah. right? Versus like boom boom pow, you know. That's I mean, it is very big visually. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, it, it is um how how would I say it? You know, is it is um compared to you know just letting the groove feel you. Yeah. And just let it. It's, it's a very deep feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So basically, to me, that's being funky. Okay. So mm. when you apply the moves, when you play the instrument, when 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 you move, yeah, you 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 move with the music. You let the music move you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and on top of that, when when you are in the space, when you're in that depth, when you're in that space, normally. To, to me, what I tell my students is when you are in that space, you're in the zone, that's the real you. you Interesting. Know? That's the real you because that is your moment. Nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. Nobody can judge you. That is your space, it's your zone and you are in the funk. Yeah. So that's being funky. Yeah. Yeah. And you apply that not just in the dance but everything that you do. You so know? it's like a, a outlook of life. Yeah. It's an outlook. It's a concept. Um, is 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 basically a feeling. That's one thing. Feeling funky, being funky is a feeling. Is also an, an outlook, <coughs> like what you say. Would, yeah. Would you substitute the word funky in this in this instance as being present? Because it sounds a lot like that. Yeah. You yeah. have to be it, present. It, it is a lot of things, and I would say yes. Being present is definitely one of it. Yeah. Yeah. Being in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like I also tell my students the same thing. So like I'll I'll try to steer them in that direction of. You know, don't just play it because I tell you to play it. Yeah. Or don't just play it because it's there to play it. You know, don't go through the motion because it, it is right. Play with intent. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, put every feeling that you have, whatever you feel, if you feel angry, if you feel happy, put it because mm. people will feel it. Mm. You know, you know they, they can see it. Yeah. You know, us as human beings, we are so... Uh, Emotional? Yeah, so perceptive to like... Um, human behaviors yeah. and like little nuances of yeah. the human body, and and yeah, I I also tell my students you know to feel the music, you know like like sing out the parts if you have to, you know really get into it, you know um, I ask them to listen to a song, okay, how does that make you feel? Okay, then I'll play it, but still keep that emotion in there. 
and let it out. Hmm. You know, it's it's a. I feel like dance, like performing arts in general. Hmm. It's a you know whatever you have that's your you transcend what you feel into that medium or yeah. instrument yeah you know for for Ian's case it's like popping and locking right yeah. like, like you know it transcends who he is as an artist to the audience you know and and I I, I mean like that's just awesome you understand mm. it yeah. yeah you know it's just so awesome yeah, yeah. you know I this, feel like yeah this is why. Musicians and dancers should always work together mm-hmm. because you know two different mediums, two different platforms. But you see, we beat the same rhythm. Yeah, yeah it's the same heartbeat, right? I get yeah, it. I, I get I'm it. always a fan of working with bands. You know, mm. yeah, because mm. funk is not something where it, it's something that you 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 feel. Yeah, it's different when you hear it from like a, a digital track, but when you hear the the. The, the vibrations of the drum it just gets you moving in a certain way that is different you know mm-hmm. so when yeah. you hear it live basically yeah interesting you know, it's, it's a whole different vibrations and something money cannot buy mm-hmm. that's for sure that's a good definitely, tagline yeah. definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, so um, I'm just curious about uh, because you two seems t- you two seem to know on some level what you guys are talking about yeah. and I'm just an outsider so I'm just curious um, throughout both your individual journeys mm-hmm. as a musician as a dancer is this outlook have you always had this outlook or was it somewhere along the line someone uh, gave you this thought and you worked on it yeah. yes so let's start with Ian yeah yeah. well uh, for me you know uh, like I said you know I'm a very present person yes. I, I have something which I really like I, I do it right now I exploit right now I, I never really think of the end goal I don't mm. really know what's uh, ahead of me yeah I'll just let um, today uh, whatever that I do today, you know, tomorrow it will take care of itself based on what I do today. Yeah, so I I, I never really, you know, to the point where, where I am now explaining to you what I mean by all these kind of things, you yeah. know, I discover it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long process. Sure. Yeah, but I would say uh, one of the defining moments about uh, on how I, I see dance, you know, is uh, sometime, okay, when to, 2005, I yeah. discovered, okay, this is, identify myself as as a, a funk lover and a locking dancer, right? I, I met my first mentor in 2007 yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> oh, YouTube. Yeah. So YouTube came into popularity, I guess, in 2005. Yeah, about 2005, oh, 2006, yeah, yeah. Yes, and that time when you, you, you put, if you dial, you put the word locking, in 2005 probably like 30 videos god damn that's some early days wow in that yeah so you know and I was an early contributor to locking videos at that time as well but you know there were the really good ones out there and then you have this you know weird Asian guy posting up his practice clips (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so you know I I was on the end of a lot I was also probably receiving end on the first generation of YouTube haters I guess oh wow yeah you know really really hard stuff you know like you know called me Jackie Chan and she yeah did yeah. you pay any heed to that? Uh, no, I was like, wow. Uh, if anything, you know, I, I, I laughed at it too because yeah. I thought some comments were really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, there were a lot of compliments as well that kept me going. In yeah. fact, that's what keeps every, you know, every YouTuber going, I sure. guess, you know, every artist. Creative, yeah. Yeah, so I had to do some filtering and I met this other guy. Yeah. I still remember his uh, YouTube handle at the time is Max Tree Wear. Max Tree, Tree number three. Actually, it's supposed to sound Max Street Wear. Yeah, so. I, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, you know, yeah. Skate 8, 
Yeah, and yeah. street, you have three. Yeah. This is the early days of the internet. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this guy, he has a lot of locking videos in his channel, you know, yeah. and he, he, I assume that he's the one in the videos and really high level from Taiwan, you know. And Taiwan, okay. Yeah, so he would comment on my videos. Yeah. He would tell me to keep going and I would follow his videos. Just just anonymously to a certain degree because it's just a channel. You yeah. kind of recognize this guy, but yeah. he just comments, okay. Yes, but we, 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 we bounced off a lot of times and yeah. he, he he reached out to me and said, hi, I like your locking routine and yeah. things like that. and. I after that we we were conversing you know I, I he at that point of time he wasn't so well versed in English yet yeah and I I'm really helpless with my Mandarin yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know we had to use uh, translators God damn uh, yeah back, back then was there Google Translate no Alta Vista what I don't know what that is Alta <laughs> Vista yeah that was a browser alongside Netscape Navigator and things like that yeah so um you know kind of a chicken and duck thing going but. Yeah, he, he shared a lot of resources to me. Yeah. Music, comments, he told me what, what I should do on how to improve. And that really had significant impact on the way I danced. Yeah. So fast forward a few years, you know, I decided to go and visit him. By In the way, Taiwan. Yeah, I went to visit him, saved up enough money, emptied my piggy bank. Yeah. I still used the piggy bank back at the time, you know, in Poly. Wow. Um yeah, so he, he apparently he is the the OG we call it the pioneers of the south side uh, um, uh, the the Taiwanese locking scene on the south. Yeah, his name is Aga A A G A. Yeah. Okay. So, um, went to Taiwan and and really see for myself how their scene was. You know. Do Do you remember? Could you paint us a picture? Uh, well, yeah. you know that 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 for starters, you know when I went there, there were wow like. Uh, so many lockers over there. Yeah. His classes will be full. Yeah. I would join his class and it will be filled to the brim. There is no space to scratch your ass. Yeah, yeah. But everybody who attended the class, you know, was uh, really fooling out. That's why I call it full out. They dance hard. Yeah. It does not matter that, you know, people were slapping each other here and there. But yeah. the room was really smelly really yeah. funky yeah yeah different <laughs> yeah. meaning right that's, that's a way to use yeah, it yeah it's really funky but but somehow the experience it was so infectious you yeah. know it just makes you want to go hard even though you have not much space and after the class you know they said hey you know let's go let's go and jam in the cultural park and and almost everybody in the class showed up at the, at the park you know and they just uh-huh. jamming, jamming together and uh, jumping into circles, we, we call them ciphers. Ciphers, you know? okay. Yeah, just just dancing out, you know, and applying the techniques they learned in class. Yeah. And Aga was there too, and he was giving comments. So it was a whole big community thing. So what hit me when I went to Taiwan, it was not, I was there to learn the techniques. I was there to learn the dance form, but yeah. I, I, on the other, um, instead, you know, I, I got, I, I opened my eyes on, on the, 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 the culture around locking. Interesting. So he paid, he 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 shared with me on you know how locking is supposed to connect people, uh, mm. his brotherhood, and the reason why he was so forthcoming to me and not just me, any other locker to him is his brother. Interesting, right? And he reached out to me is because locker to locker, it does not matter. I'm from Singapore, no matter how even far the language are, barrier doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. And so it hit me that okay, this is bigger than what I think it is. Is is beyond just a dance genre yeah. there's meaning to it now 
you know there is a it is a unifying force yes. you know is to bring people together and then that was where it hit me that what if I have this in Singapore I, I want this in Singapore right mm. now you know and I, I want to have a community because everyone at that point of time was segregated by either their studios Mm-hmm. Or we were from different schools. So like dance studios, right? Yeah, dance studios, dance schools, and different poly dance clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and we only congregated in like a showcase comp- competitions. Okay. That's about it, on a competitive level. But what about on a, on a social level? Mm. What if we just like not monetize things and like you want to learn from me how much you're going to pay me let's have a community you know open source everybody just come in whoever wants to learn we learn and I and I saw this the blueprint of this was my experience in Taiwan yes. and and based on all the lessons which Aga taught me yeah yeah. so basically what he was to me I wanted to be to other people too to share my resources to share the ideas you know I wanted to build up a community and this was, I would assume, the genesis of uh, Lion City Lockers? That's right. That's Fascinating. Right. The, the, the name came from this guy called uh, Chris Su. Okay. Yeah, he, he wanted to, he was uh, he was an event organizer in Singapore back then. He says, let's start a crew. It's yeah. like, cool, okay, but can I just alter the objective? Let's start a community instead of a crew. Mm. Yeah, so it was, you see, at that point, it was already a collective, yeah. you know, a collective effort. And there were a few people at that point of time just below 10 people you know I was in Lion City Lockers yeah and and basically uh, it was not a membership thing Mm. basically we just put it this way if you could do a twirl you could do a point and you know what locking is you are already a Lion City Locker if you are Singaporean because we we wanted people to belong and we wanted to give identity you know and we wanted to be right from the very beginning a collective yeah, you know we didn't want to be uh, segregated by crews and things like that yeah so yeah, that 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 was the the beginning, you know, and we was not an organization. We were just a group of people who likes style, mm. yeah. So that that mission, you know. So now I've moved on, and Lycee Lockers has has changed hands a few times. Yeah. To very capable people, by the way. Um, yeah. Props to CK and KS. Yeah. Um, you know, I've moved on to different forms and things, but everything that I do today, uh. The, the, the objective and the meaning still remains the same. You know, build a craft, share a craft. Yeah. yeah. Simple, yeah. Yeah, build a craft, share a craft. And that's why uh, it all culminates to, to what my job is right now. You know, mm-hmm. whatever experiences that I've learned from this beautiful art form of dance, uh, I, 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 want, I believe in transferring it. You know, it, that way you actually keep it alive. Yeah, even if you are gone one day, but... The, the lessons and the experiences and the skills is always kept alive. Yeah. So in, in all forms. So I would say that um, that time meeting Aga, meeting Max Treeware <laughs> on YouTube, you know, it was... Max uh, Streetwear. Max Streetwear, yeah. It was the defining time and that kind of shaped a lot of things for me. Wow. Yeah. And it's not just as a dancer, but as a, as a person. Yeah. So the... From 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 what I hear and what I can understand, the the landscape back then it seems competitive and transactional to a certain degree because mm-hmm. it's competitive because you were talking about the competitions. Mm. Uh, it's transactional because it's always there. There's money involved to mm. a certain degree. It's like mm. it's like a uh, it's like a job. Mm-hmm. But what you wanted to start, it's a community, a community, community yeah. that people could have a sense of belonging to. Yes. Interesting. And 
I would like to talk a bit about your time as a competitive dancer. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I was doing my research for this uh, podcast, and you, in my opinion, are a very acclaimed dancer because you have competed and represented Singapore on various stages. Could you just talk a bit about the experience and what have you learned from competing? Um, I basically. To tell you the truth, um, you know, as a dancer, yes, yeah, I wouldn't consider myself, you know, as someone who is like super competitive. I love, I love. Uh, back in the day when I was still competing, I love battles. Yeah, yeah, but uh, more for the fact that you know it was a gathering of dancers. It is where all the lockers and the dancers we gathered, you know. Um, and you know, when when I dance, I just dance my heart out, and I just uh, do my best, you know, and those efforts have gotten me somewhere, obviously. But um, the my biggest takeaway, well, the, my very first competition was to Taiwan, of of, of uh, right after I met Aga, you know, and I competed in this uh, competed in this uh, battle called uh, Max Party. Max Party, okay. So I believe I believe that was the first time. Uh, dancer other than a breaker yeah yeah because uh, the, the, the b-boys were the first to represent Singapore but you know other than the b-boys I think that was the first time a Singaporean was uh, competing in a street dance contest overseas yeah wow. yeah so um, I mean results apart I mean my first battle I think I did not too bad I think what got top eight yeah yeah mm-hmm. in, in in among like 100 dancers or something yeah yeah so the biggest takeaways in all these contests is always, you know, you know, the being a, a witness and uh, seeing dance as a spectacle, you know, you know, in the battles, seeing how people move, seeing how different cultures get down. Yeah. Um, networking, uh, meeting new dancers, making friends, the yeah. friendships, and ultimately, um, you know, uh, appreciating the dance, you know, as on the sidelines and, and, and meeting new people will always be the biggest takeaway for me. Interesting. Yeah, it's because when when you watch a battle, yeah, yeah, you you are exposing yourself to the the, the different levels you can achieve. Mm. But when you network with people, when you talk to people, when you listen to them, you are actually taking away stories. Yeah, stories mm. that will impact you on the on your perception of the way you see dance, the way you see life. Yeah. So that will always have the biggest value to me. Yeah. You know, and uh, watching cultures, seeing the world. Mm, seeing communities just you know live their life you know so um, when I go overseas it's not so much of just you know living in in the bubble of a dancer but mm. more holistically as yeah. a person yes so it's interesting very interesting outlook yeah yeah because mm. like uh, I mean Aga has the this philosophy too he has this diagram of a triangle is always music dance and life is always connected together mm. you know you can never be um, you can't just be an, an artist mm-hmm. in any form and just be an artist like that you know mm-hmm. surely uh, your life uh, your ideals will be uh, reflected in your work mm-hmm. and the way you 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 bring yourself out in the craft also have uh, impact on the way you live a life mm, you know that is true yeah so art imitates life life imitates art yeah it's a whole circle yeah yeah so um these these battles i've been to korea twice yeah. i've i've been to 
to Paris once. Was it? Is, is it Justibo? Justibo, yeah. yeah. So all, all these were international, yeah. uh, international dance uh, competitions. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I take a lot of pride, a lot of pride in representing Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So every time I went out there, the my number one priority is um, over trying to do. Like as best as I could is as my number one thing on my mind is I wanted people to know where Singapore is. I wanted the name Singapore to be heard. Mm. So I always dress in red and white in our colors, you know. Mm. But in my honest opinion, do I, do you, do I think that I really uh, brought it to the dance floor at that time? I, I looking back, you know, I think maybe techniques wise I was still very behind. Yes. Yeah, you know, but um, uh. I, I didn't let that bother me mm. because I think the my my whole objective of being out there, you know, there's there's I was there for a larger cause. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And the larger cause would be to represent Singapore, to to mm. know people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this um you know, just honoring my efforts, you know, getting mm. there too. And yeah. Just um just just open my eyes you know open my eyes and to open my heart too yeah interesting mm. Um, mm. so you, you talked about going overseas to, to, to compete and mm. to all these countries what about I'm curious to know your opinion um, on the different cultures of uh, dancers let's mm. say the, 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 the dancers from Japan the mm. dancers from Korea the dancers from Paris mm. how are they different uh, well definitely is is um, how do I start Okay, for people in Japan, they are very, if I were to explain it for layman terms, you know, the, the way they, they're, they're very groovy. Groovy, okay. But they're also very technical and yeah. they, they treat their craft very seriously. Yeah, to them, you know, we call it a hobby. We can loosely call it a hobby. But to the Japanese, you know, they, 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 they always want to be masters of their craft. You know? mm. It's always about mastering. Yeah. In fact, in everything they do, it's just very Japanese to, to, to really want to be on top of their A-game, you know? Yeah. yeah, so they are very competitive, but also as someone who... who I mean, I really love the Japanese style. It's yeah. very unique, you know? It's very flowy, like water, yeah. which is something which I love. Yeah. The Koreans, they, they are formed. You know, as a locking, as a locker, when I when I look at them, they have very amazing form, very amazing power in their dance, mm. and they are so funky. You know, they are, when I hear the music, you know, I when I look at the Koreans, I always see them as you know, if I'm a deaf person, yeah, you know, they are making the music uh, visible. Oh, well, yeah. that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So this is how I see the Koreans. The Taiwanese are very dynamic. You know, so how's how's how, how's that different from the Koreans then? The um, okay, the the Koreans they 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 like to preserve the the original form of the different moves and uh, the like, locking like basics. How, yes, like how locking was in in the seventies. Yeah, they really like to honor the lines mm. and and the power and the and and the, and the form and the aesthetic form of the how it was. Uh, basically the original style yes right so I would say they, they portray that form really well yeah but they took it many many levels up mm. yeah because uh, musically they they are very sensitive um, you know to the musicality and yes yeah so that's why the Korean style always resonates very nicely to me yeah yeah 
So, and then you have the Taiwanese who basically, when I said dynamics just now, they, 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 they are full of surprises. Surprises? Yes. They have surprises, you know. And even in Taiwan itself, when you see the, the people in the north and the south, yeah. they, they have different flavors. Interesting. Yes, different flavors, but they are all very unique in their own sense. Uh, Taiwanese, you know, when, when they dance, um, they are very creative with their variations. Mm. Very creative. Then they are very all-rounded. They have the power. They have the character, you know, and they are very fresh. You can never predict what is coming, you know, and they really interpret the music uh, very uniquely. Yeah. Yeah. So. And all these are still within the... Yes. The sphere of locking. Yes. And if you look at it, you know it's locking. And when I say all three of these countries, for example, in Asia, yeah. they never... They have the essence of locking. All of them have it. When you look at it, you know it's locking, but they just do it so differently. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And in Europe, it's also very unorthodox. Yeah. Interesting. So the lines is very different because they listen to music very differently. Their choices of music are very different. But yet, it's still locking. Yeah, so so, 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 so to someone initiated in locking, who knows locking, you can tell it's locking, but it feels a bit different. There's a little flavor to it. Yes. Interesting. So what about Americans? Like, the, the, the birthplace of Hawking. Have you seen? Yes. Uh, I have had a pleasure of meeting a few um, first-generation lockers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Don Campbell? Uh, I've not met Don Campbell yet. Yeah. Yeah, making a point too. Um, I've met Tony Gogo and uh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, so they, they were the first generation. They're only, they are the only two first-generation lockers I've met. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, besides meeting them presently also watch their videos yeah and the original lockers in the United States you know they they when they had the moves yeah. when they did the moves it was very different it was more than just um, doing a set of moves there was a lot of intent there was a lot of fire you know they really put everything about themselves into every step that they do yeah you know they they were out to entertain um the, the, the amount of energy that they had was like unparalleled. Interesting. Yeah, because they were representing more than just a dance form. At mm. that point of time, they were representing a lot of things. What, if you were to guess, what do you think they were representing? Well, in the 70s, you know, you, you, you don't see much uh, African-Americans on television. Yes. You know, and, um, you know, funk music and, and dance and everything was, was an outlet Yes. For a lot of uh, African Americans in a period of, uh, uh, I would say, you know, socially there were segregation, seg- segregation yeah, a lot of gangs. So, yes. Yeah. So music and arts was another way out, you know, for them to kind of like uh, to to express themselves. Yes. And, and and to really stand out. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't say this is just like where it stems from. There were a lot of other factors as well and when you put it all together you know and and you know just just for them when when that is uh, translated into the dance you know you can really feel it all coming out you know it's it's, it's, it's a flavor that you is very unparalleled like I said yeah yeah so the the originals I would say the American style um they they sticks very closely to how it was in the seventies. Mm. Yes, Asia, we we try to do the same. We emulate it, but there's uh I would say there's the the flavor varies in the different countries, and that's what I feel is uh very interesting 
about locking, mm. you know, looking back, it is like same, same, but different. <laughs> it's a common saying. <laughs> yeah, it's the same, same, but different. It's yeah. like, it's like the same essence and all, but it is, take, it has a new school flavor. Gotcha. Yeah. So, there's many components, you know, like in breaking, you have the power moves, you yeah. know, you have the style yes. moves and, 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 and locking, you would, you can say, even though the vocabulary uh, remains the same, mm. but you know, different people focus on different things. So end up, it's, it's looking um, as a whole, there's a lot of variation. Yeah. Um, depending on the culture, depending where you are. Yeah. It's interesting you brought up vocabulary because mm. is that how you see, uh, let's say dance in general, do you see that as a conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the different moves are like the vocabulary in the sentence. Mm, it's, yeah, it's good that you asked that because recently for a class, you know, when when I teach my, my classes, I always tell them dance is like uh, learning a language. Mm. Okay, we, that's why we use the word vocabulary because like for example, you know, in locking, we have the twirls, we have the points, we have the paces, yes. the head rolls, the bounces and things yes. like that. These are like words, you know. And when when we tell the dancers to just dance independently, not with the 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 teachers counting out for them when they dance independently or like what some people call freestyle, mm. you are taking all these little words and putting it together. Okay. Right? But when, how do you decide, you know, how is, what is someone's level in dancing, right? Yeah. It is, how I explain it is, uh, like in language, when you want to communicate it out, yes. it can be in a form of a sentence. Like, right? Ben has a ball. Ben has a ball. Or, just a normal sentence, it can be worded out. It can be said, it can be written down, it can be worded out like Ben has a ball. Yes. Or you can sing it out. Okay. Or it can, you can be poetry. Mm. So I will always say for dancers, when we take the language, when you learn the language, you learn it in, in vocab, right? Yes. Then when you put it together, there are so many ways. Like, like for a choreography, you are telling a story. Yes. But when you freestyle, when you dance, you're actually doing poetry. It's a whole different Hence thing. Hence the saying poetry in motion. Poetry in motion. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So there is just so many ways for you to take that vocabulary, so many ways to, you know, you can even take the vocabulary, you can twist it, you can really uh, mix it up. Yes. And then instead of words, it becomes a painting. Interesting. Yeah, so that it becomes abstract. Yeah. You know, so um, my, my, my job as a teacher is to teach you the vocabularies to let you master it. Yes. Right? In, in, in like what some musicians say, first you learn by the notes. Mm-hmm. After that, you just close the book and then you just go by the heart. You know? Uh, it's a long process for of that. Of course. It's a long process. It takes a few years. But um, ultimately, you know, when we say uh, learning the vocabulary is usually at the initial start, initial phase of mm. learning a dance. Mm. Then right after that, you know, it's, it's very free. Uh, because I feel yeah. that even arriving at such a concept and such a mindset, I think it's it's pretty forward thinking to a certain degree because mm. you can, I can imagine you trying to explain to me what musicality is and mm. all that stuff without the vocabulary thing. Mm. It feels to, to an outsider or to someone just getting in maybe the first year in, it's a very difficult concept to grasp because mm. it's just a very different frame of mind. Think mm. of dance as a language because yes. dance, it's... You, you don't speak mm-hmm. you you express yourself through movements mm. and there's the basics to learn so mm. w- when you put it like it's a language mm. we all know language yes to a certain degree we mm. know English we know different languages and you put it like a verb and action and all those stuff I think it 
it helps mm. to, to, to digest. Yes. So I think my question is, who helped you to understand this concept? Do you remember? Mm. Or was it just through introspection, through, through just looking and it just hit you? Mm. Um, I would say the way I arrived to this, you know, it, it's a combination of, of meeting many people along the way. I mean, Aga definitely played yes. a, a big role, you know, and uh, watching dancers, yes. the way they move, you know, and... Uh, and and the the first few dancers which I can which I I would name a few um I don't think any uh, any of the the younger people will know but this dancer called Ashley Nino okay yeah Ashley Nino she she was from the states as well um Brooklyn Terry yeah. he was uh from uh from New York yeah. you know and now living in Japan um are they all lockers no. They so just different dancers. Dancers, okay. Yes, different dancers. That's where I realized that this is not a locking thing. This is not a popping thing. This is a dance thing. And yeah. the, the vocabulary is different and the techniques are different, but the intent is always the same. Yes. You know, we're not always trying to do the best locking. We're not trying to do the, the, the best popping, but we are using the locking and the popping to do the best you, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so I understood that concept pretty early. Yeah. Yeah, but being able to really feel the me yeah. it took a long time yeah you know and basically over the years you know just being affirmed on this um, perspective you know just by being in a battle in a dance battle if you've been there you can see that it's a very honest thing you know if a what dance, do you mean by honest? If, 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 is, if a dancer is arrogant it tells in his moves if a mm. dancer wants to just purely impress people, you can you can see in the move. But mm. if a dancer is in his zone, you you know that you know it is something which is very transparent. You know, and that's where I know why why are we able to get together in 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 such a context because we all have this despite different intentions yes. and different genres. Yes. We can come together because we're all having a conversation. So in a battle, when when one person is dancing and then you respond, that's like a conversation. Yes, you you have something that you can relate to with him, and you're you're both just throwing it down. Mm. You know, it's like a call and answer thing. Yes, so mm. that itself is 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 already like a, it's a conversation and it's sentences, and that's where you use your vocabulary and I use mine. Yeah, let's try to see how we communicate and whatever we communicate. You know, whether the judges is able to interpret. You know who, which, how do they interpret it and yeah. decide who is the winner? Yeah. So, uh, people who I would say, funk stylists who go into the style, yeah. they they would kind of grasp something along that line, mm. right from the very early on because being a um, a street dancer, as compared to you know a lot of other forms, you know as compared to, uh, yeah, um. The, the whole intention is just just trying to be yourself when you freestyle. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I would say uh, it's not a concept which only I embrace. Mm. You know, I think all dancers, in fact, I would say all artists and all musicians and dancers will also embrace this kind because arts is communication. Mm. It's, in fact, a lot of things we do is communication. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. You 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 brought up battling. And mm. uh, have you judged before? Ah uh, yes. So what measures do you award the battle to a winner? Like, is it is it just based on feeling? Um. Okay. I mean, I, I would just say this first. You know, I <laughs> I have. 
quite a few years of experience of yeah. judging, but that is actually the thing that I mo- dislike the most, actually. P- why? Um, because in, in, in the early days, you know, uh, earlier days of locking, there, there was just not much people, you know, of, of that seniority to actually... Yes. So, you know, the choices are actually quite slim, you know, whenever mm. we have the judges, we always be the same few people. Yes. I'll be one of them. Yeah, and... Back then, I guess the way I judge would be very different. You know, it's very uh, aesthetically driven. You know, yes. if if you keep to the essence and the vocabulary, you have to be on time. I mean, something that has never changed from last time to now is the dancer always has to be on beat. Interesting. You always yeah. have to be on the beat. Yeah. You can't be off beat, you know? Yeah. But last time, I guess I was uh, really trying to... to to, to guard the, the, the essence of locking, you know, you have to do the angles, you have to be funky, uh, you have to have surprises and things like that. So that was the very aesthetics forms, you know. But as the years go by, you know, I start to I start to change my mindset a little bit, start to look for different things. You know, I, I always, um, instead of having a checklist mm. of things that I look out for, why not just go in with an empty mind and whoever who could surprise you so basically, if I could if I could predict the dancer's movement, then you know that's not such a good thing. Mm. But if I can't predict somebody and somebody surprises me and still on the beat and is if I still feel like um, you are communicating the music or if you are interpreting the music, there's some creation going on, you know. Then you know I will feel more value for whoever who does that. Mm, and you yeah. award the battle, yeah. the winner to that person. Yes. So it's very. Like you said, it's very uh, feeling. It's going by the feeling. It's going by the gut. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that creates a, a lot of, uh, uh, it creates a few questions here and there because sometimes when you look at the footage, mm. you feel otherwise. But it's true footage, true screen, isn't yes, it? Yes, but in the moment, it's always different. So I learned to trust the moment instead. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, when I, as I progress, I just took a, 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 a pause from judging a few years ago okay. you know? last year I judged my first battle in three years because okay, okay. after that I, I arrived at this um, in this conclusion that you know locking to me is an art form mm. you know and then there are so many school of thoughts in appreciating this form mm. yeah and it becomes so hard to judge it yes yes because how do you judge art? Exactly. It's subjective to each individual. Yeah. So in the recent years, you know, there's, I just, because even though I dance a certain way, but I do not favor a certain way. Mm. You know, I appreciate things uh, like, I, like, like what we call a power mover. I, I don't do power moves, but I love watching people do power moves. I love people uh, who are groovy. You yes. know, I love people who are character oriented. I yes. love everything about it. Yes. So then I realize, you know, because generally I'm just an all-around appreciator, you know. Mm-hmm. When I when I see people, I don't like to be very critical or analyze them. And that's the problem with judging. You get what I mean? That that, that puts you in, 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 in a spot because sometimes, you know, I, I, I really like both dancers. Yes. And I I try to be as decisive as I can. I don't like to give draws. Yeah. Yeah. But I never like that feeling sometimes, you know, when I have to make a decision because the the weight on the judges is high because these these kids, you know, when they dance, they put in months and months of efforts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so 
uh, someone's fate, you know, is decided on which side I raise my hand, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is that is a tough. Yeah, that's so that's, tough that's move pressure to call. right there. It's, it's, real pressure. it's pressure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have no problem being decisive, you know. But yes. it just came to a point where, um, though I, I I know what I'm looking for and I'm still sticking very true with that, it just became not very desirable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't enjoy it. I love being part of the audience at times. Mm-hmm just appreciating dancers but to sit down and scrutinize and you know sometimes also the part that I don't like is you know after the jam you know people ask why did I win why did I lose and then it really sounds like uh, yeah you know some, some things like that it's just it's, it's the moment you know it's just not meant to be calculated and Interesting. Br- broken down you know and I just didn't want to to honor my craft that way last time it was it was a duty you know, I was uh, performing a duty to my community. Yes. Yeah, but on a personal level now, it's just something that I don't really desire doing so much. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do it out of support mm. and I will always give like my truest uh, deliberation. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's just not on the list of things which I enjoy doing. So you've kind of moved on from it. Yeah, I like, I love teaching. I'm not so much of a competitor, you know, like... Uh, Locking dancers, popping dancers, they like uh, pushing the level in battles. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah, uh, I I get most of my gratis- gratification in in sharing, yeah. and just being around youths and yeah. and and um, being around young people and you know, like the same spark that I had when I first discovered the dance, I tried to, uh, in uh, ignite the sparks in other people. So interesting. I guess in like this, what Aga did for yeah, you, yeah, exactly. So in this whole ecosystem of dance in this many ways you can appreciate the dance I think this is something which I still enjoy most yeah and judging is falls at the bottom of that list <laughs> <laughs> so so I want to move on to the to the teaching but I, have a, I just have a question yeah is it important for dancers to to cross pollinate cross pollinate meaning uh, let's say I'm very well versed in locking but I want to adopt forms of popping I want to adopt forms of let's it's, say hip hop is it important it's very important Okay. Yeah, it's very important. One of the my biggest regrets yeah. as for me as a dancer, I mean, I'm still trying to learn as many as I can, but yeah. one of the biggest regrets I've had as a dancer is because um, I focus so much on the locking, I wish I focus, you know, spend some time doing other styles as well. Interesting. Yeah. So because uh, when, like how you call it, cross, cross pollination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you may be learning a different language. Mm. You may be different, uh, learning different vocabularies, different techniques. You know, it's a whole different genre, you know. But the thing is, it will always come back one full circle and it will make you a better dancer. Mm. Yes, okay. You learn the locking, you learn the popping. You know, you can <coughs> apply the grooves in popping, in locking. Yeah. You can apply the character in, in from locking, in popping, you know. At the end of the day, when you learn more... Languages, yes. You become more universal. It's same, same like in 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 normal, you know, in 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 real life, yeah. you you learn more more languages means you got access to more communities and cultures. Yes. And that means you got more access to, you know, people from different parts of the world. Yes. It's the same as dancing. Yeah. And I think the newer generation does a good job of that because they are curious bunch too, and they learn a lot of things. Yeah. So. I guess with all art forms, it's the same as well. Mm. Mm. It's like learning another new language. Yes. Again. Exactly. But under the same category. Yeah. You see, you, you yeah. learn Mandarin. 
just different dialects. Yeah, different dialects. Yeah. Then you Same you thing. learn Spanish. It opens up to you know a, a whole different a continent. Different, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, we are all citizens of the world. Yeah. yeah. You no know, dance is dance. We are people from the same planet you know yeah. Mm. yeah so i'm i'm totally for it even though i may not be the best example of it yeah i'm still like trying to learn popping right now yeah i i would say that i'm proficient in locking i try a little bit of house yeah a little bit of hip-hop dance here and there yeah. i wouldn't say i'm a good representation of it but i enjoy all forms of it were, were there trepidation when mm. you you being known for locking and people have always known you for locking yes. were there trepidation wanting to, to step out of your comfort zone to a certain degree to learn popping um, of course yeah, yeah. That, that is I mean I, I, I really love popping as a genre yes I really love it and I what about it Mm, it's basically the music too, you know, popping it's so music. Different, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's funk, but you know, it's like a different, uh, it's a different uh, dialect of funk. It's sure. a par- parliament funk. Yeah, it's more electro funk. So yeah. the slap is really, it's is really is um like a as opposed to traditional funk. You know, you have the two fours and six and eights. They have the heavier beat. The boom, ta, dung, ta. Yeah, there's just something about flexing your muscle to that sound. How how would you describe popping to someone who? No idea what you're talking about. Uh popping is is the uh, is uh, the flexing of the muscle to the beat. So it looks very mechanical. Sure. Yeah. Um it's more rigid, wouldn't um, say. I, I wouldn't use the word rigid, but I get what you're trying to say. It's it's very it's mechanical, yeah. right? Like a robot is not as flexible as a human. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it is very stiff but it's very fluid. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's stiff but fluid. No, there's a flow. It's like you know every movement you go there, but inside of that stiff movement, you you are driven by by this groove. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it's so it still ties back to the the music being in you to a certain yeah, degree. But exactly. you're just expressing it a different way. Yes. So locking and popping, uh, popping, you know the style. If you really go and watch a popping battle or see someone doing popping, you know the they really bring out different layers of the music very differently. Uh, it's very explosive. Yet it's also, it, it, it takes you a, to a different place, you know. Mm. Like I, uh, um, it's such a powerful dance, but yet it's so groovy too. Mm. It's very subtle, but yet it's also very explosive. Yeah, so that's what I like about the popping style, you know. Yeah, a lot of people, their first imagery of popping is the robot. Yeah, because it, uh, it's popularized by mass media, yes. culture. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Even though popping is so much more than that, it's mm. a huge umbrella yeah. that accompanies popping as a genre. Yeah. But, you know, it, I would say uh, to the layman, it's, it's, uh, it's very animated. Animated? Yeah, it's very animated, but still very funky. Yeah. No, that just confuses me. <laughs> it confuses, yes. Um, it's a bit contrasting, isn't it? Yes, but that contrast goes well together. Okay. Yeah. I, it's very difficult, you see. That's why... Dance is dance, you know. Yeah, you you yeah. can't you can't speak dance. You gotta see it for yourself. And is it, yeah. Do do you have any examples for let's say if 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 someone would want to 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 get a visual image of what you you just described, like contrasting uh, metaphors and everything? Do you have a, a battle or video to to direct them to? Off the top of I would head? Uh, prefer to actually direct them to certain a few dancers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First up, uh, I, I, I would say when you go on YouTube, search for Mr. Wiggles. Okay. Mr. Wiggles. Who's this Mr. Wiggles? Mr. Wiggles is, uh, is one of the uh, or 
um, one of a very highly regarded uh, member of the Rocksteady crew. Yeah. He's an icon of hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. He is a very renowned uh, popper. Yeah. Uh, from the uh, two very renowned crews, Rocksteady crew and the Electric Boogaloo's. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's the own. Yeah. Um, he pioneered um, the popping styles in the East Side. Yeah. Even though popping was um, originated from the West, West Coast. Yeah. Yes, but he was the. The, the, the pioneering dancer in the East Coast, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, he, he I would say for popping, uh, not only he's one of the, the OGs, but he he could do all the styles. Wow. Yeah, all the styles, you know, the Boogaloo style. Yeah. He can do the animation style. Yes. Um, he he could He's famous for his touch in yeah. his new style called the 52 Blocks. Yeah. It's a martial arts shit. <laughs> that, that is that's another that's another very interesting um uh, a concept. It is it's pretty new style. It it does it, it does use like a concept of fighting. Yeah. But fused into dance using the upper upper limbs. It's basically blocks. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, blocks right. from hits and also, you know, striking while blocking, you know, and he puts it into the dance. So you see, for someone who has been there since day one back I was in the day, ask that, yeah. yeah, and he's still innovating new styles. Yeah. So he goes to show like what is still undiscovered, yeah, isn't it? Yes, he's he's still very relevant today, mm. and he is still one of the he he was the pillars of the popping community since wow. day one, yeah, and he's an icon. Yeah, that is not a single popper in this world who wouldn't know who Mr. Wiggles is yeah but I would imagine he is yeah. what sh- stretching 50 stretching 60 yeah to? 50s yeah. wow I, I think so I mean I, I I could be wrong but yeah. I think 50s but definitely not a young person no okay but, but when you see him dance yeah if you see him dance he does not feel like an old person for sure <laughs> yeah he's in better shape than most people okay yeah. what about let's say locally Locally, poppers, so, yeah. so many to name. Um, favorite local poppers uh, for me, please uh, uh, look out for. Uh, I'll just I'll just name a few. Sure, uh, I name a few. Uh, probably um, Nick Ho. Okay. Yeah, Nick Ho. Uh, for female poppers, I I look at this uh, lady called Joey. Yeah. Yeah, Joey, very hardworking dancer. Um, uh, Michael Seam. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like like the guy you talked about yeah, like back then the OGs yeah and uh, Syke yeah. Ben, ben Syke Ko uh, he's also one of the OGs of Singapore um, you have KS um, Robin yeah yeah uh, Timothy yeah yeah so these are some of the guys in Singapore which you know I think the newer generation should look up to because yes. they they really embody you know the 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 diverse uh the diverse variations of popping in Singapore. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Um, so I just want to go back to a point you made before about characters mm. in dance and locking. Um, mm. When I was researching about locking in general, um, mm. the outfit stood out to me. Yeah. It's very different from... Uh, you, you guys don't dress shabbily when you guys battle, when you mm. guys perform. You guys have mm. a very certain mm. look to it. Like what you said with the cap, uh, mm. with the striped t-shirts, mm. the baggy pants, the suspenders. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering, is there a reason to that? And is there, uh, let's say, a historical tie f- for that? Yeah. Where did it come from and why? 
Okay, for first and foremost, you know, the, the whole imagery of that locker's outfit, you know, the stripes, suspenders, the pants. Um, there's that, a, a few reasons. Okay, first and foremost, like, um, that was a style back then. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a style back then, you know, and and there's a, actually a deeper meaning of it, you know, in... Like, like like what's cool today, you know, your 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 tees and your sneakers and all that. What's cool today back then, that was the look. Yeah, oh, that, that okay, was the look, okay. you know, that was the yeah. Um there's many, many uh, accounts as to why people dress a certain way they did back yes. then, you know, like Tony Gogo, he explained to us, you know, like uh this will vary when you talk to different uh, OGs, yes. you know, from that time, but According to Tony Gogo, the stripes yes. was meant to pay tribute to those who are in captivity. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like but the friends. Yes. Yeah. You know, at that time, you know, there were a lot of people who were incarcerated. You yes. know, a lot of their own people that were incarcerated. So, uh, to him, probably is his own interpretation. Yes. But it made sense to me that you know it yeah, was to pay tribute. Yeah. Um, the the there were tailcoats, there were suits, you know, there were the the wingtip shoes. Yeah. I would say also is maybe uh, having a being influenced from the tap dancers. Mm. So when they perform in the ballrooms, you know, they they had to go in with a suit with a tailcoat and things yes. like that. In and as to why some of them dressed baggy, there were two there were two explanations that I got. One was. Well, because baggy was and parachute pants was the thing back then, mm. but also there was another explanation that says that you know these are people who couldn't afford a tailored suit. Yes. So when they wanted to feel like somebody, you know, they they will go to thrift stores and they will yeah. buy things that were 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 bigger than they were, you know, or they would wear clothes that belong to their dads, to mm. their older siblings, and which is why things were big. Yeah. You know, and as for the colors, they just wanted to, to stand out. Yes. Yeah. So, this was some of the, this was some of the explanations that I got regarding the costumes back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as of for now, the people, when we dress this way, there are also a few reasons. We just wanted to pay tribute, you know, to the, to the, to the style back then. So, basically, when, when we dress up, when we dance, yeah. it, it shows that we take it seriously. It shows that uh, we we are paying tribute to the old school. Yes, you know we we want to represent uh, our dance right. Yes, that means we take pride in it. Yes, I embrace the fact that I'm a locker. I'm a funk styler. You know, and I embrace the fact that you know I I, I want to pay tribute to the old school. Yeah, these are some of the 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 reasons why you know we take our costumes very seriously on a personal level for me i always dance with a hat because i don't know it's just something about me where if i had something on my head i just move a certain way fascinating i've i've i do, moved do you differently. have a reasoning for that or you, I, you I just don't know. don't know i don't know you know it's like i i move differently with a trucker cap on with as opposed to you know having a a, a a, a golf cap, a fedora, or a pork pie hat, a bowler yeah. hat. Yeah. They all have different effects on me. I don't know why. And that's yeah. something you've noticed. That's something I've noticed. <laughs> Def- definitely, definitely different. And I feel funky, you know. It's like mm. um a lot of a lot of us when we dress as our alter egos, like for me, my name is Ian, but when I lock, my name is Chunky. Yeah. Right? So uh like superheroes, we wear capes. Yeah. Yeah, superheroes, when you don something, you have something different. So I think part of why we, like personally for me, on why we dress up is also honoring that other side. You know, like Ian now, chunky on the stage. Interesting. And 
that whole imagery helps with the character. Yeah. So when when you dress for the part, you know, when you feel differently, you dance differently too. Mm. Yeah. It will translate to 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 the way you move. That that's for people who are more character centric. You know. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yes. How, but how does one, how does a dancer mm. learn how to portray a character? Is it something that they just have to figure it out? Mm, different. Everybody's experience is different. Yeah. You know, you know, some people, um, some people, they are who they are on stage. They mm. just bring out that damnness more. <laughs> like a personality? I mean? then? Yes. Some people, they are different off stage and on stage. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, some people, you know, quiet in real life and when they dance, they're explosive. Mm. And I know so many of them, you yeah. know, very down-to-earth people, very polite. But when they dance, it's a whole different thing, you know, like explosions and fireworks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, character is something which is nurtured. You can't train character. You can't buy character. It's something which experiences shapes you. No amount of classes you go can teach you character. No, no, no amount of classes can teach you you, yeah. you know. Like classes can only teach you the language, the vocabulary, the techniques, but how you form them out is a whole different poetry. Like that's gotcha. what I said. Yeah. So that defines who you are. So, um, yeah. So I would say there is no fixed way. It's, it's like I, I tell my students, just find it inside of you. Mm. You know, I give them permission to break my rules. So, you know, when I tell them uh, a certain structure which they dance in, because my classes, I make it, Sometimes it's very structured, yeah. you know, but if if in a circle, you know, you, you can't, there is no judge, mm. you know, you, you just do things on your own. Yeah. Even though you are eccentric and even though you are very alternative, you know, you sometimes you go off the beat or you, you, you do something which is irrelevant to what I say. But that moment where you churn out the move when you was not thinking, that is the you. Mm. you know, that is the part. You know, that is the, uh, where you fumble, you know, that is, that is the part where it is very truly you. I didn't teach you that. Yeah. So, these experiences has to be very personal. You have to be nurtured on their own. Mm. Right? So, yeah. So, everybody has a very different way of seeing it. Some get it just like that. Yeah. Some of them find, take forever to find themselves. Interesting. Yeah, right? So, it varies, you know. What, what we can do is be a catalyst mm. to trigger some kind of thinking yeah. to get them to process the dance differently less aesthetics but more insight yeah. interesting yeah so yeah so that's what I feel about character you know so you, you said uh, you're Ian but mm. when you're dancing you're chunky yeah so I want to turn the, the spotlight back to you um, at what point in your in your career your dance career that you actually grew into the persona of Chunky? Uh, I guess I've always been a big guy in my okay. life. Yeah, primary school, you know, I was tough club. Sure. Yeah, secondary school, I was in tough club too. You know, I was premier member for 10 years. <laughs> I've always accepted yeah, okay. and embraced the fact that I'm kind of a big guy. Yeah. And there was this time, um, you know, when I was dancing and, you know, somebody called me in Mandarin, you know, the Pangzi. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fatty. What's the nice name for fatty? Ah, oh, chunky. I'm chunky but yeah. funky. You yeah, know? That's, a good, that's a good tagline. Yeah, chunky but funky. But 
I when I coined that term, I wasn't just wanting to embrace my my bigness, you know, yeah. but also wanting to say that you know I'm chunky and I'm big because I'm filled with the funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my original idea. Yeah. So it stuck with me ever since. You know, and yeah, you have, and you've always ran with that philosophy in yeah, mind. I've always ran with chunky. Yeah, and that's how people know me. I think it's interesting how you turn what could be seen as a negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Negative label onto you, yeah. To something you embrace, yeah. I, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, but with that being said, of course, you know. Um, I mean, I, I if given a choice, I would like to be less obese. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But while I'm 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 I am uh, round, you know, round is a shape too. You know, while I'm round, you know, just just embrace it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, being a bigger guy, you have limitations. Just uh, yeah, dance. Yes, you have physical limitations. You know, you. You you have problems with extensions, but I also feel a beauty in dancing with limitations, and moving with limitations. When something you don't have it, how do you make the best out of it? Mm. So like for my case, I I use my sense of rhythm, my softness and my groove. I'm not a very exploding power dancer. Yeah, but I just use that chillness, and and just stretching my limitations. You know, it's like just like locking locking is created sort of as a mistake. Mm. But from that, you know, limit, you know, you kind of exploded out and it became something else. And it kind of forces you to, yes. to in a sense, Correct. think, mm. lack of a better word, outside of the box. Yes, because you, exactly. Because you, you, you embrace and you don't reject. Yes. You, you embrace exactly. who you are. You exactly. embrace your identity to a certain degree. Exactly. And you make the best out of it. Exactly. So being, working around limitations, that's also one of one of something that uh, I, I embrace in all aspects of my life. Could, could you elaborate? Um, you know, everything that I do, like for example, photography. Yes. Right? I, I, I shoot on film. Yes. Right? But I like shooting on uh, cameras that have some kind of flaw in it. Or I like to use what they call lo-fi cameras. Okay. Like not your expensive digital ones, you know, cameras with what, which are made of plastic, plastic lenses, uh, not Lomo stuff, right? Yeah, Lomo stuff too. Yeah. Lomo is considered, you know, I mean, that's a cult, but Lomo's cameras are, are, are definitely not high technology. You yes. Know? It's simple. It's cheap. It's cheaper. supposed to be, in a sense, mm. it's of a lower grade to a certain degree yes. because of the fidelity of it. Exactly. Yeah. And also, I love collecting, you know, like uh, 50, 60 year old cameras, cameras that are older than me. We have lens flaws here and there. Yeah. But, you know, these limit, so-called limitations or, you know, undesirable traits can be turned into something which is uh, something something unique. Because every, beautiful. everything, every camera has a different charm yeah. to it. So when the pictures come out, you know, where we... I do this thing called cross-processing last time. What, what is that? Cross-processing means uh, using the wrong chemicals because there are three kinds of films. Mm-hmm. You have negatives, you have got slides, and you've got black and white films. Okay. Right, so for negatives, you use chemical A. Yes. For slides, you use chemical B. Yes. But cross-processing is switching the chemicals, so you're using the wrong chemicals to process the films on purpose. So it comes out weird and really funky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Really funky. And, yeah. You know, so, and yeah, and, and you know, so that's in photography, you know, turning, turning a limit to something into something beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And when I, when I started with bicycles, yes. When I started, my passion for bicycles started on a fixed gear bicycle. Yes. A fixed gear bicycle, you cannot coast. 
you cannot stop pedaling. Yes. There's only one gear. Yes, there one are speed. No gears. Yeah. yeah. Then there are no brakes as well. Yes. And when but when you pedal, you know you can't stop moving, but you feel very connected to the bike, mm. and that really heightens my experience as a cyclist. And I just enjoy the simplicity and the, the the limitations of cycling. It just makes it, it gives gives a whole different meaning to cycling because you cannot stop. <laughs> yeah, you cannot stop means you're always moving forward. Yes, you know, and and then I realize you know even with um working with animals in the shelter I like working with I, I mean I work primarily with used to work primarily with street dogs I, I'm no longer active in the shelter yeah. uh, but street dogs or they call them mongrels yes. you know and they are in the layman's eyes you know usually the most uh, the undesirable yes because uh, they, they look a certain way they're from the streets yes. yeah, people want something fresh they want yes. something off the shelf they okay. want the pedigrees you know they look lowly of uh, animals off the streets because yes. they're from the streets yes you know and you know so a lot of my time is spent on rehabbing and training and also you know like uh, getting the dogs rehome and things like that and through my experience you know I, I just learned a dog is a dog you know if you cut them open they all have the same anatomy. I hope so. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> I can I can confirm with okay. you. Yeah. So yeah. So um, basically, you know, through 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 embracing the the idea of, of limitations, you know, and also embracing the idea of the underdog, you know, that's that's a lot of uh, basically makes up the, the the fabric of how I um, how I see things and how I live my life. Yes. Yeah. Especially so for now, I'm working with children. Who working with teenagers who are basically at the lower percentile of their T scores in PSLE. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, they are the undesirable bunch because they're not able to 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 kind of like uh, excel in the academic realm. Mm. But that does not mean that it's the end of the world. They have certain limitations in their abilities. Yes. And let's embrace, uh, let's accept who they are and let's, let's, let's explore the highest exp uh, ex uh, uh, their, 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 how, uh, sorry I just brain block on that. but let's let's explore their fullest potential in what mm. they are good at yes in the hands on aspect yes yeah so you know so through little things like that you know I, I, I've learned to from this idea of limitations to to see things in a different way like what you said to see things out of the box mm. yeah and and uh to, to, to be on the other spectrum of things mm -hmm. but try to um, really explore and, and explore the, the potential of that spectrum you know so I guess you know that's, that's what I would say about um, you know embracing limitations have you yeah. have you always been this positive? Um, I guess uh, yeah I try to be because I have to be because you know when growing up I think that was my only choice mm. but also I was surrounded I was surrounded by very uh, positive people in my life mm. as a teenager yeah you know uh, I mean if I may say you know when growing up I, I come from a uh, a, f a family that has provided well you yes. know a comfortable house comfortable yes. living you know but there, as a teenager also I had to I had to experience uh, certain things in the family which was undesirable, mm. you know, and uh, as a teenager growing up, making sense of my world, making sense of my family, you mm. know, it could either go two ways, 
you know, uh, for some people who are unfortunate, you know, they will go the wrong path. Yes. But for me, at a very early on, very early stage in my life, I, I found uh, very positive engagements. Yes. Uh, I, I, I fell in love with dance. Yes. You know, I had fascination with gadgets mm. and, and things like that. I was very engaged in these areas. And in these areas, I met a lot of people who were very good uh, influencers. Mentors. To me good mentors people who I socialize with doing positive things yes so it was through this realm yes where it shaped my my mindset of uh, just going forward and, and and not spend any time grieving or mm. just feeling sorry for myself yes. yeah so I guess you know when when I was exposed to you know this this way of living my life at a young age you just catch on naturally mm. Yeah, so I would attribute, you know, my, my, my value systems and my ideals to all these experiences since young. So that's why I will always be a supporter of the arts. And the arts is not just the arts because arts can save lives, it can yes. alter lives, yes. it empowers people just like yes. it empowers me, which is why I feel I advocate for it, especially mm. for youths in whatever forms, even if, if it's extreme sports, if it's music, if it's any form of arts, you know, it should be in the lives of every human being. They, they have something to... Yes. They have something to be good at to like a certain degree. Anything. And if, if they're good at this particular something could give them much, much more. Anything. Give them a purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Purpose is everything. Even if it's, it, it, it does not matter what you do, whether you are good at folding origami, you're good at magic. I know a student, she, all she does is do cup stacking. Okay. And she's representing Singapore and she's Damn. teaching. Yeah. So this is all amazing, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I, w- I would say the, 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 the mediums that I'm exposed with, you know, the engagement that I was uh, privileged to, to, to have, and most importantly, the, the people that I was surrounded with and yes. I, I, I chanced upon with, uh, these are the, 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 the important factors that actually shape my way of thinking. And I guess I'm very positive. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes, you know, we, are em- we have emotions. We, yes. we, will, we will fall back to being human, you know, sometimes. Yeah, but I, I always learn from the lessons of my bicycle trips, you know, always move forward. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Always move forward, you know, that, that's from cycling. That is from cycling. That is from cycling. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is this something you try to teach your students? Because you talked about teaching, you talked about uh, giving, trying to give them a purpose, trying to give them something that they could be, I guess in a sense, proud of. Mm. Giving them through, through dance, through locking, mm. it seems like you're teaching them a lot more than just dance. Exactly. And I think, like, like for me personally, I, I grew up in Singapore, I went through the education system. Mm. It feels like there is no room for deviance, mm. meaning any slight deviation from the, the pre-planned course of, of education, it seems like you are doing something that's a bit... Frowned upon. No, yes frowned upon it's a bit weird mm-hmm. and it's very strange that it's weird to, to, to begin with yeah so could, could you just talk about your, your teaching and how long you've been teaching who you're teaching stuff like that um, I recently crossed over to education about four years ago yes yeah Um. so from being a freelance instructor 
performer, uh, video editor, yes. uh, theme park performer. You yes. know, I I crossed over to education, so it's my fourth year now. I'm teaching uh, in a specialized school for normal tech kids. Yes, yeah, um, kids who uh, fall into different profiles. Yes. You know, you have uh, the kids who who are not uh, academically centric. That's not where their strength is. Uh, yes. Kids who are slower progress learners. Yes. Um, students who uh, come from uh, dysfunctional families. Yes. Yeah, from uh, students who are suffering from uh, some form of special needs, you mm. know. Yeah. yeah, so this is the profile that I'm engaging every day. Yeah. Um, so what, what we do is uh, we we engage them very differently from the mainstream schools. You know, we, we are uh, not just a very academically centric uh, curriculum. We engage them through skills-based learning, through vocational training. Yes. We, we use the arts a lot in, in character development, you know. So we ourselves as teachers, you know, we every single day when we engage our kids, we are actually embracing the idea of... Um, uh, em- em- embracing the idea of being different mm. you know, being different so um, you know to, to, to in, in our society like you said you know if you don't go through this proper path you mm. know you not only um, maybe maybe frown upon is a very strong word but maybe you will very quickly be singled out as being odd oh, I think odd is the word because when yeah. I was growing up I I I never had any conception of being an artist or being an illustrator in any forms of the of the word artist mm. until I was past polytechnic, past mm. national service. Mm. Yeah, to very much later in life, mm. and it's very different. Uh, I would imagine growing up in a Western uh, country. Mm. So, and, and and you mentioned about skills based learning, yeah. like more centered on the arts. Yes. How how has the reception been for that? Oh, kids. Um they receive it well. They receive it positively. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they they are enga- they are, they are being engaged a different way. It's not a uh, in our school. Our students don't just sit down in the classroom and look at the teachers for like ten periods. Oh God. <laughs> they they get up. They move from labs to labs, different facilities. Mm. You know, they go to the kitchen. Mm. They they learn how to do table setting. Yes. They, they prepare dishes. They go to you know the. The, the mechanical lab, you know, they use uh, appliances. They go to, we have a giant supermarket in our school. They learn about retail operations, mm. you know. And uh, what, what age are these uh, Secondary school. So like uh, 12 so to 16? 13 to 16, yes. Wow, okay. Yeah, and then you have uh, very unique programs like dance as a subject where no tables, no chairs, just yeah. a studio, a mirror with lightings and things like that. And they learn about their bodies. So, you know, you we, we are... I, I will call this like I, I wouldn't like to always use specialize you know because I think this is a holistic way of learning mm. you know you learn about academics and then you learn of things that can be applied you know the whole idea here is the is applied learning yes. you know like in our school when you learn English it's not just for the sake of learning the language and trying to ace the papers but really using your command of English in things like form filling in like talking in front of a camera it's, it's applied it's applied, applied English it's, yes. it's, it's applied um, yes. you're, you're, you're applying what you learn yes yeah, you applied know, learning at, at the concierge you know customer service yes. and you know for maths when we learn maths it's applied in various other settings engineering like, software yes, yes. 
endless, really. Correct. Like, yeah. like um, you know, in the retail department, yes. in, in doing proportion when you're doing your bubble tea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how do you take it? Huh? How do you take it? I think it's I think it's it's, it's fantastic. You okay. know, I think learning should be fun like that. Mm, mm. The fact that you are laughing because it's it's, it's very it's relatable. Yeah. yeah, it's relatable, and you know who would know like like bubble tea. You know, so yeah. so so do you take it fifty percent, hundred percent sugar level? Yeah, so we teach things like that. Ah, so how okay, do you okay. break down? You know, yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's the way we learn here, and we are just trying to to to, to perfect this brand of education and the and the kids. You know, I mean, in the very worst case, even if you don't like it, but at least they're engaged in a different way. Yes, it's, it's definitely better than a very passive kind of interaction. I agree. Where I do, you listen, just follow instruction, do you know, and and just go home. You know, mm. this this one you are at, you are engaged in in so multi sensory kind of engagement. Yeah. And yeah, so so that that's 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 how we are every day in my school, and I'm just very glad that uh, a street dancer is is roped in to be part of the education process, and mm. every single day as I carry out my duties, I I I don't take it lightly. I feel it's like a statement, mm. you know, like you know the uh, how, how far a, you've come. Yeah, it's, it's it's also a statement that you know maybe times the change has arrived, kind yeah. of. It's like giving you some hope that 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 maybe the urban artist is more is highly regarded mm. now than before yeah and that we have a place in shaping minds we have yes. a place in shaping ideas yes. building up characters you know so my hopes is I will not be the last mm. and that my hopes is whoever that is is watching us they, they, they see like through what we do it's like um Education and, and, and the icon and the image of an educator can take form in so many ways. You know? Mm. Just like in our school we have air stewardesses, yes. we have mechanics, we have chefs in our school yes. who bring in, you know, the industrial rigor into the school, yeah, and, and, and trans uh, transfer it to the students. And I think the idea of it all, I think you, you will agree with me, is this is a more holistic, you know, and a more dynamic approach to education. Yeah. Yeah, which is why you know as a it would naturally resonate to me as someone who loves the mm. youth mm. that I would end up in education yeah um i think when 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 you were sharing i think the the term lifelong learning pops up in my head yeah. um and it's 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 been a it's been words that has been uh propagated a lot in mainstream media people should be lifelong learners and lifelong learners but mm. I'm just curious to know um, was Polytechnic the last uh, avenue of learning for you? Uh, no I did you do a degree after? yes I, I did a degree yes. but purely out of interest okay uh, that is also another interesting story because tell me about uh, it when I was pursu- okay I pursued my de- I, I had a diploma in digital media design I almost What's didn't make that? it yeah, digital media design, uh, specializing in interactive media. I was a terrible student. Awful, man. <laughs> okay. I was a terrible student, but yeah. I, I finished everything. I spent m- most of my time in polytechnic dancing. I was a repeat student. Gotcha. Like, yeah. Um, Ditto. And, and also, because at that point of time, I was also facing identity issues, sure. you know, and also like trying to... Uh, trying to to make sense of you know things that were going on at home, so I spent as much time outside. But I was not honing my the crafts that 
uh, in my major, I was honing a different kind of craft, you know. So in a I'll, sense, you were trying to make sense of the world. Yeah, I was definitely, you know, at a young age, 16, 17, 18 yeah. years old, it's a very scary time yes. to be growing up, you know, yes. yeah. And so... I think, you, okay, sorry, um, mm. you said scary, but I would imagine it's an internal battle because yes. you grew up in Singapore, yeah. quote unquote, one of the safest mm-hmm. places to live in. So yes. it's mostly an internal battle. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, it, there was a lot of things I, I was not a very centered individual yet I was discovering a lot of new things that I could do Yes. yet also understanding that there were a lot of things I couldn't do and yes. that scared me you know yes. very insecure place and seeking validation from so many different sources things like that so yeah that was poorly for me um, after when I ended I didn't want to go to school again because learning was so terrible because learning was terrible yeah. and, and I went to NS and that mm. was the best two years of my life one off because I was uh, yeah, I, I was in the canine unit, so basically I oh, was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was uh, interacting with dogs every single day, and that's where my love for dogs. Interesting. It goes came back, about. Yeah, it goes all the way back. Okay. Yeah, so it goes all the way back from there. Yeah, yeah. And when I came out, I, I had no idea why, but I just wanted to, you know, in in poly, I studied about content creation, creating yes. content, you know, designing yes. content. Yes. But uh, when I came out of NS, I want I had the desire to understand what that content could do to impact of the, of of media, the implications of it. So I studied mass communications also oh. because, uh, in the program that I, I I was researching about, there was documentary studies. Yes. Because I even though I'm a design student, but I'm more of a, a video person. Mm. I love filmmaking. Yes. And I love uh, films. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to study on on on, on like um, documentaries and things like that. Yeah. But the process of university was the moment the first day of school. I regretted it already. <laughs> Why is that? Because, you know, it's like four years in polytechnic, you did no thesis at all. There was no essays. Mm. I didn't even know what, um, uh, I didn't even know what referencing was. Gotcha. Citations. Uh, Yes, citations, your API, Chicago and all the things. Yeah. So I went to NS two years. So six years, I've not done a single essay since O-levels. And then here I am in secondary school, first assignment, 3,000 word essays, do Chicago referencing, talk about globalization. How yeah. did you do for that? Ah, fail, flunk. <laughs> Out of the window, you know. Okay. In polytechnic, it was hard to f- hard to get distinction, but it's also very hard to fail. But in university, you could do your best. You can mark like hell, but you can still fall through the cracks. You can fail. Gotcha. So I already paid my first deposit. Yes, oh man. Yeah, and there was no turning back. So it's either I do start this, or, you know, it's either I back out and lose that money forever, or I just go... F- full out you know so I filled my first module had to remodule and yeah. then had to pay you know the extra thousand yes. eight per yes. module and yes. uh, I, I didn't build a foundation and being in a private school you know you do not have like the same quality of the mentors that you had in polytechnic Public, yeah. yeah so if you fail you fail if you exceed that's on you that's yes. good you know but if you fall through the cracks then I'm sorry you retake yeah you retake ah. yeah. simple as that yeah so the well, my mom helped me with the first payment. Yes. But everything after that was self-funded. So it was a very... I feel the weight of your words. Yeah, it was very dark for me because when I failed that one module, you know, that's 1008, yes. you know, and then I totally wiped out my entire savings just yes. financing myself for the all the other trimesters. Yes. My course was supposed to be able to finish by two years. I took mm. five years. 
Wow. Yeah, I took four years, sorry. Going, okay. going to five years, okay. you know. And it is just a very demoralizing thing, you know. Just, just, you know, people pay from their savings, but I was wiping out salary after I was paying from salary to salary. Yeah, I can, because it, it's 1,008. 1,008 is... Yeah. It's, more it's, or less like an average salary yeah. yeah so whatever that comes in goes straight in the tuition fees yes. you know and and you know it, it was just yeah and, and it was tough you know it I can was imagine. tough and every single class that I go to was a different bunch of people you know I didn't have a pretty much like a primary gang in poly your gang is your gang yeah. your clique is your clique you know yeah. you stick through thick and thin yeah. but in, in in my uni days you know it was a very lone journey and it was very tough but yet also very enlightening enlightening also the things that I learned you know when I learned about this module called screen text mm. it really made me in fact, I do not know whether it's a good thing because it made me view movies very differently. So right now, when I watch movies, I can't unsee a lot of things. Yeah. What, I, I, what, could you just elaborate? What do you well, mean by that? you know, it's like uh, you, you learn a lot on framing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you learn a lot on 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 why directors hold the shots. You ah, know, things okay. like that. You know, you learn why about symbols. Why they choose angles. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you learn about sim- symbolism in, in screen, you know, yeah. things like that. So when you watch movies now, you pick out a lot of things and maybe that cues a lot of you fun. the magic. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know, you, I learned a lot from it. Yeah, and just learning about the impact of media on people and how it's so important and and just learning about the, the, the good things. It, it made me also be aware of my community, about my country and the limitations and the great things about how the country runs yes. through the media. Yes. It makes me ask a lot more questions. Mm. So it's really shaped myself and at the same time, you know, really tested my limits again, you know, mm. having X amount of money every month, you know, to tie you for two months before the next paycheck comes in, which will go into your tuition fees. It was hard. You it know? sounds awfully specific, it man. It's hard. <laughs> it was so hard, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, I finished, I graduated. Congrats. Knowing that I possibly might not use the degree because I wanted to be a dancer and how do I use this documentation to ascertain my role as a freelance performer. Yes. Yeah, so it was a very uphill battle just for getting, you know, being a student for interest's sake without yes, knowing yes. whether, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I can say this, you know, because of my, my role as a performer, as a dancer, at the end of the day, I can safely say that dance got me my degree. Interesting. I danced my way. Because it, it funded it. It funded my degree. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, every single experience that I had, every single skill, it will all converge and culminate into this job that I have right now. Yes. So at the end of the day, you know, that, that documentation was important for me for this job. Mm. Yeah. And all my other interests all fall into what I do right now. So sometimes, you know, like they, they say, it's not about how good you do something is how long you stay in the game sustainability yeah yeah so uh, one thing I'm very proud of myself I pat myself in the back for this is I stayed patient very patient you know mm. four years in, in poly almost five years do my degree yeah and that's almost ten years for you right now yes and still dancing and yes yeah and it got me somewhere you know I, I got my my stability at a very late age like mm. close to my 30s mm. as compared to my peers mm. But, you know, it's, it's all worth it. And yeah, it, it, it was a lot of ups and downs, but I would say it's, it's, an, it's an interesting life. It, it feels to me like grit. 
Yeah, that's the only word I I I have in my mind when I hear a story because sustainability in something in 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 the creative industry is always talked about because you have people starting at different points in their life. You have people of different caliber, different talents. Mm. But I, I personally feel what makes an artist, or what makes a dancer, or what makes a musician, it's good because you go through a lot of basically life is an up. Ups and downs. You cannot have constant ups. Constant, mm. constant ups. I don't think exists. Yes. Yeah, and it wouldn't feel like an up because if it's a constant up, it's stagnating. Yes. It's mm. so interesting. You, you, it's, it's the downs that builds character, mm. and it's the downs where you know you feel like you you are really confronted with um, uh, like like I said, you know, with your limitations, you are confronted with your insecurities. Yes. And then you have no other choice. But to to rise up from there, and from that from that point where you you fight through it, when you're resilient, that's where you learn and mm. you you build that grit, you know. So these kind of things you can't really learn it, off like you can't transfer it from person to person. You, and you can't, can't even learn it in school to a certain degree. You can't even yeah. learn it in schools in textbook. You gotta learn it. Time is the best teacher. I've heard that before. Yeah, time is a you 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 can only see you can only test yourself over a period of time, and it took mm. me about ten years mm. from the point I started to get my stability. You know, and mm. yeah, I I think I've done well in many areas. Mm. I think I could do better in some, but yes. I wouldn't trade the experience for anything else. Yeah, out of everything you've been through, mm. going through everything, are you still hungry? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I am hungry. I feel that hunger, but I don't know for what. Interesting. Like when I, when I was uh when I was dancing. Yeah. Okay. I, I wanted to see the world. I wanted to to travel. You yes. know. I wanted to build friends. I wanted to up my level as a yes. dancer. I was hungry for all these things. I was hungry for experience. You know. Uh, you know, as a, as a as a as a photographer, you know, I was hungry to to explore places and things like that. As a cyclist, you know, to travel as many countries. I I still am, you know. But at this point now, uh, I I I'm still curious. Mm. I'm very sure of that. I'm still curious. I still want to discover people. I still want to learn new things. I just can't put a name to it. You know, Yet. it's like like yeah. Uh, you know, if if there's something that is uh exciting me on one corner, okay, I'll just go and explore. But at this point of time now, nah, I don't. But know. Have, have you felt this feeling before? Uh, as feeling of. Being uh, the hungry for the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. No, not not really. I was, okay. I used to be very specific. Okay. Yeah. I used to have a goal. You know, if I if I want to do something, I want to go. But now it's just like, um, you know, I I don't know what it is, but probably probably because I think over the years I've become more open. You know, uh, I've become more open to, to try different to try things. new things. Like, yeah. Even in dance now, you know, I I am definitely less active than before. Mm. But in 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 dance, I I've been going to watch a lot of like uh, contemporary dance uh, concerts. Yeah. And in fact, in the last year or so, probably about ten concerts. And wow. pe- People would have been thinking that's the last thing on my mind. I would expect you to actually be end up on because you know you a street dancer, you do locking. What business do you have? You know, in contemporary. Mm. So. But I mean, I'm not a contemporary dancer. I don't do it. But I mean, I, I enjoy appreciating the way these people move. The art form. The art the form. The language. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 
yeah, just 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 immersing myself in different experiences. So I guess I would just say, I'm I'm hungry to 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 experience new experiences. You know, yeah. But specifically at this point of time, it's interesting you ask that because I have no name to put. Like, what this curiosity, what is it that I'm really looking for? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> so. I would like to wrap up the, 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 the entire mm. conversation we've mm. had about yeah. your travels. Mm. I I watched a couple of your videos. Mm. I think it's fascinating the way you edit it. Mm. I at the point which I watched it, I just thought, oh, it's a it's it's a very cool video. He he definitely knows what he's doing. Mm. But after you explain um, going through the modules and everything, I can see you put a lot of thought into it. So what I would like to ask you is, what has traveling taught you? Traveling to different places. Cycling. What 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 has it taught you? Um. Wow, I don't know where to start because uh, okay, basically the very first thing, uh, you know when when you think about riding a bicycle, you always think about the good stuff like cruising through the wind, you know, and going down a hill. The picture perfect. Yeah, the picture bike perfect. Ride, yeah. Yes, you know, sitting on a saddle. Yeah. And just you know, uh, exploring places. But yeah. then you know, bicycle traveling. Uh, it's a, actually a is 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 a very grueling process, you know. Mm-hmm. You you're on the bike, even if you're doing nothing on the bike, just cruising, you yeah. know. You you're like ten hours or seven hours on your ass. Jesus, yeah, yeah. that does things to you. Your you ass know? on a saddle. Yes, my yeah. ass on a saddle. Yeah, <laughs> that does things to you, you know. And you know, constantly cycling, undulating hills, up down, up yes. down, and care, carrying. 20-30 kilo loads on your steel bicycle yeah. and me being a heavy person to start yeah. with it does things to your knees yes. it does things to your body you know it's a very grueling process you will sweat salt you know you you will feel demoralized mm. yeah and one of the things that I, I've really learned from cycling is how small you really are in this world you know mm. a lot of things that we see like in, for, in nature Mountains are beautiful. Mm-hmm. The sea is nice and, and everything. The sun is, is nice and everything. But when you negotiate and when you confront these elements, you always lose. Mm. You always lose. When you see the mountain, is beautiful to take pictures. But when you scale it, whether you track on foot, whether you ride it up the bike, you always lose to the mountain. You know, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Even if you can't pedal up, You've got to get down on your bike. You've got to push it up. Yeah. Even pushing up is akin to hiking. Mm-hmm. You know, you, your calves will die. Yes. But if you don't push up, you roll down the mountain. That is true. So yeah. you have no choice whatsoever but to keep, keep going. And to keep going, every single step is a challenge, you know. And, and yeah, it, it, you really remind yourself about you are just human. Mm-hmm. You have limits, you know, and you feel pain. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, you always get rewarded because at the end, when you go up there, you see the summit, you see the view, you have no more hard feelings, you know? Mm. You have no more hard feelings. It's indescribable. It's indescribable and you realize, I did that? Really? On a bike? You know, you, you get, you, you get um, you know, you go through a roller coaster of emotion. It's like, why am I doing this? Yes. And then it's like, I did that, you know? And then you go downhill and that is like, you know, imagine going 15 kilometers downhill. It's like Ishun to Orchard Road, downhill. You never experience Jesus. that in Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Then with every downhill, you will be confronted by an up again. And then yeah. the cycle continues, you know. And then there's just one experience on a mountain pass, you know. Mm. So, and when, you know, when, when you cycle in the summer, 
the heat takes everything out of you. Mm-hmm. It takes your self-esteem. It takes your soul. You know, your your soul leaves your body multiple times yeah. when you are traveling up the you, mountain. You might w- even want to give up multiple times. And you don't have the choice to. Yes. The other choice is sit by the roadside and get someone to, to get someone to rescue you along yes. the way. But then that was also where I realized I have too much ego for that. <laughs> I'm too proud for that. Yeah. You know, yeah, which is not a bad thing in circumstances like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I then I also realize, you know, in we love the wind, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the wind is always nice it's breezy yes but in cycling the wind is your number one enemy oh yeah why because when the wind if the headwind goes against you mm. you have to work 60-70% harder to oh to because of the resistance because of the resistance because you're practically acting as a sail gotcha right so yeah so basically when you're exposed to all these elements the sun the wind yep. you know the incline and and you know even the ocean when you see from afar was, wow the waves are nice but when you go inside you will be swallowed whole you don't stand a chance Man. yeah so you know that's where I start to respect nature mm. I respect the, the world that I'm living in and mm. I, I'm, I'm so small yeah. versus the elements you know then it also makes you realise that all your problems are so small as well. that's what I wanted to, to add to that yeah, yeah. all your problems are so small and it's really redundant to to, to worry about these trivial mm, things mm, mm. so what really kept me going was you know if, if, if I don't focus on the tiredness if I just looked around I would be less tired you know looking at the different birds, mm. the animals that cross your way, you yeah. know. I was tailing cows and watching <laughs> Interesting. Like, watching shit come out of their butts while yeah. they're walking and avoiding that. Yeah. That itself took a lot of pain out of me because, you know, there's humor. You see different cultures. When I was in Laos, when I was rolling through the, the village, mm-hmm. I felt like a superstar because, you know, people will see you from like one kilometer ahead and they will shout across to the village and say, foreigners coming. And when I wrote down the villagers, every single family member will come out. That is ridiculous. And every single member, every single household that had a very standard package, you have one old person, you have one chicken, one dog, one cow, <laughs> one boar, and one baby. And every house was the same and they came out and they waved to me with my bulky bicycle I felt like a chingay float (laughs) I felt important and the kids and I was tired you know I was so tired and like okay now I had to wave to people okay so just look good because I had my ego as yes, a, yes. yeah so I had to look good and all and then the kids would go into the back into the house take their bicycles and ride with me wow and now I was like what did I get myself into now I it's one thing I feel tired now I have to race with them you know and then they are and then I looked at them and I realized, you know, simple living. And to us, if you would do like uh like 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 household to household comparison, you know, they, they are living much simple lives, but you realize that they are happy. Mm. You know, they are they are they are contented with life mm. and they have everything that we lack. You know, they have they have uh, fresher food, you know, they look alive, mm-hmm. they're they're happy to be there, they they appreciate you, you know, they, they have a sense of kinship and yeah, you know, and and this is where I realized that, you know, we we might be living like uh, the comfortable life here, mm-hmm. but that's not everything. You know, we have a very different kind of wealth mm. and and maybe we are very blindsided on on and we see wealth in, in, in one dimension. Mm-hmm. But when I travel to these countries, you know, these people have so much more. You mm. know, and then I feel that I'm missing out. 
you know and 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 a country third world country like Laos you know I've learned so much mm. yeah so much about myself so much about the people and yeah and when traveling solo you know uh, it is um, it's a very scary thing I can imagine okay it's a very scary thing you know I once I once traveled on this highway in Taiwan oh, yes. this one was, wasn't solo it was with my best friend yes and it's this highway called Suhua Konglu mm-hmm. yes it's 100km stretch <laughs> alright in this 100km stretch it was on a very natural mountain very narrow mm-hmm. so this mountain is notorious for landslides <sighs> so if the cliff drops right the whole road will fall along with it yeah and you are so narrow and this is the only expressway where heavy vehicles you know, the heavy vehicles can only go on this expressway. Yes. So that gives you like probably like a, a four inch gap Jesus. between you and the yeah. If you fall through the if you fall through the cliff, you just fall through the cliff. If anything happened that isn't of the norm, you, you die. Would fall. Yeah. You die, you yeah. know. And that was like the closest time where I feel like, you know, I have my life on my handlebar. Mm. Focus, focus. You're yes, tired, yes. tired. And the elements are not against the elements are not on your side, and you are tired, and you are holding your life through your hands. Mm. And the very first thing that came to my mind, because I think that was where I experienced, you know, a near death, because one wrong move, you know, that's it for you. Yeah. And in moments like that, the very first thing and the very first people you think of is your family. Mm. I wouldn't consider myself as, you know, someone who is, I mean. We get along well, mm-hmm. but you know, not someone who is extremely close to my mm-hmm. family members. Mm-hmm. But in times like that, they are the they wherever, however distant someone is, the very first people you think of is your own blood and flesh. Mm. So, it took me a trip like that to realize something. You know, to realize this, and you know, after clearing that highway and reaching my last destination, I did something which I've never done in a long time. Is to tell my family members that I love them yes yeah you know so yeah you know you get so much out of a bicycle right yeah you know, yeah. so much perspective yeah so much perspective and things like that mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah so this is just one of many things which which keeps me going mm-hmm. and and uh, keeps me motivated to, mm-hmm. to, to want to explore countries on two wheels mm-hmm. yeah so so what's next do you have any trips planned New York oh fuck when? June. This year? One of my bucket lists is to cycle the streets of New York and not die. <laughs> please, please be careful with the traffic in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, please do. So, you know, yeah. And by the way, talking about limitations too, I, I travel only on a folding bicycle with small wheels. And that's terrible, isn't it? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> you make do. <laughs> I make do, you know, but the good thing is I can pack it into my luggage and mm-hmm. check in like a normal luggage and mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good thing. So, yeah, so I like to do things in like slightly different ways and I like to have a certain element of limitations there just to make it more challenging, mm-hmm. purposely make it different, you know. Yeah. But but as, it seems you get a very different perspective every time you, you do something like that, yeah. like with the Taiwan, with yeah. Laos. Yeah. It's a very interesting experience because mm. would you say that if, if let's say, you, you looking back, you decided not to travel to Taiwan, mm. you decided not to travel to Laos, mm. you wouldn't get that experience because it's so unique, it's so specific. It's so specific, yeah. Yeah. People in Taiwan, you know, they... They are just so nice, so hospitable. Mm, mm. You know, there was one time we were dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Dehydrated, you know, and it's, it's a very different kind of dehydration. First time I've in my life, I never needed to pee 
I was drinking eight bottles, nine bottles, ten bottles of water a day. I never needed to pee. That is strange. Because I was losing water perspiring. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was losing water perspiring and I was at a point where I think we were going to pass out and uh, some construction workers just gave us the water and they saw us without asking. You know, they just reached out and just passed it to us. That's the way Taiwanese are. Humanity. Yeah, and it's like, it's not that we don't have humanity here in Singapore. Mm. We do, we've got great people here but it's just that we are living so fast mm. we don't really have time to stop by and just observe people you know and things like that and that's the difference so through these trips it, it really what it taught me you know very simple always keep moving forward like a bicycle but always don't go too fast because if you go too fast you you really miss out on the scenery yes and you also taught me that every time you, that every time you're going up a incline there's always a downhill but don't relax so much on the downhill <laughs> because you, you slack, there will yeah. be another pass coming up you know mm. and how small we are and you really learn about yourself that you are human you're getting old i've been to like four or five tours and every single tour i do feel older Mm. It's supposed to make you stronger, right? But every single long distance tour, my last one being uh, New Zealand mm. from Christchurch to Queenstown, mm-hmm. you know, that was a point of time I realized that, you know, I think I'm slowing down. Mm. Age is catching up. Kind of. I mean, I'm not very old, mm-hmm. but I def- you definitely do feel it. When you have three in your age, you <laughs> you, start, you start to feel things, you yeah, know, that yeah. you never feel, felt yeah. when you were 19. Yeah. yeah. So right now is my knees. So I have not been like really uh, doing long tours. I've been doing a lot of city cycling, mm. you know, and the last was in Melbourne. Gotcha. So now I'm trying to explore New York on bike and so looking forward to that. Looking so forward to the, to, to the vlog. Yeah, to the, to the vlog. Yeah, and yeah, and see like converging, telling stories through videos. Yes. Videos, making videos is something which I really love too. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what cycling does for me, you know. It's an escape and mm. it's also, it's, a, it's many things in one. It's a retreat. Yes. It's also an escape because I want to be alone and do my own things at yes. my own pace. And it's also like the recalibration and also the strengthening of the mind and the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, to wrap things up, yeah. I have a question for you. Um, mm. What is happiness to you and has the idea of happiness changed as you progress through the different phases in your mm. life happiness yes yeah you know um I, I i like i like to to sum this up by saying these three words that less is more mm, interesting less is more and and last time you know i i have different kpis of happiness you know when mm. I, when we we are young you always translates to things that you can touch materialistic things mm-hmm. what you wear what you have what you possess um as i grow older as of now happiness uh i, I get gratification from experiences like people i meet for for like now yeah with, with the fact that i can keep talking like that is because i see value in this so mm. this is happiness for me this thank is you t- telling my story you know being being in school you know um interacting with my kids sharing moments with them you know even highs and lows uh you don't have like a a, a ten, tangible product to to sum that up mm. but that is happiness happiness for me you know like seeing the world yes. traveling um, 
uh, exploring more about yourself and mm-hmm. other communities and learning stories that that is happiness to me so as as i as i grow older you know happiness no longer takes shape and takes form in in, in things anymore physical it, it, things yes it happiness is is it's just felt it's just it's just there and and trying to embrace little victories mm. you know little things that you appreciate about yourself yes yeah you know like um yeah e- even things which mundane things seeing the joy in mundane things yes. in, in, in 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 small little things yeah and I think it, it's not about how big the reward is mm-hmm. but if you make an effort if you make an effort to appreciate to appreciate to be open you know you don't have to worry about the the, the, the happiness that is coming in you know mm. you, you, you don't you don't you don't acquire happiness it is just it is just naturally nurtured from your experiences. You don't have to look for it you don't so hard. To. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, I, I've also learned so much from my students, mm. those that have very little in life. Yes. They can come in one from one room flat, crowded, but mm. they can come to school with a smile. And they're they are they're just like that, you know, no stress and yeah. you know, they don't contemplate about what they don't have. They just mm. they're just thankful for like, what they do have. Right now I'm kicking a ball. Right now, I'm I'm learning a dance move and I look terrible and I'm laughing at myself. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. And yeah, yeah in, 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 in teaching, I would just say that in, in teaching, I'm so, I thought I came from a point of view where I'm here to impart my knowledge. Mm-hmm. But like someone who is very dear to me once told me, you know, in things like that, you are actually the first beneficiary. I learn from the students. And I would say that... Uh, from looking at the way students are sometimes you know when they are very sometimes when they are very ignorant and mm-hmm. when they they are so they are very innocent that's where they are actually at their purest happiest form so we grow up mm-hmm. but I also tell myself to yeah you you, you, you can grow old mm-hmm. but not but don't necessarily have to grow up you know mm. I remain a, an adult a kid a kid out yeah yeah so to, to embrace that inner child yeah and 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 yeah so I guess from this job too you know I've learned to to, to seek happiness in these little forms you know and um, yeah so less is more it's beautiful less is more yeah so how can people find find you online mm. do you have anything upcoming you wanna you wanna plug how can people find you on social Mm, you can I mean wow I never knew I never thought I would do this but <laughs> this is the first time actually you, just can, you can follow me on Instagram wow it's my first Instagram plug okay yeah uh, follow me on Instagram on uh, I have a very uh, long handle Ianny I-A-N-N-Y underscore Ian underscore Ian please don't ask me why I ended up on this was fucking Ian taken <laughs> Uh, no, Jesus. I, I wanted I wanted I am chunky Yeah And it was taken and I had to beg that person To give up the handle But it seems like the person Is like inactive For the longest time mm-hmm. uh, I wanted uh, Find Ian here Or Ian the man And they are all taken Yeah So I ended up with uh, My Ian 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 That was my MRC nickname Real original well, yeah. I have to say, pretty original. Yeah, Ian, 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 you you can't find another one. Yeah, yeah. Ah, 
I'm also on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Ian the Man, I A N T H E M A N. Okay. But I'm not a vlogger or anything, so it's more of just a video vault, you know, to store all my things. You have like a you have a uh, extremely detailed archive of all your videos. Yes. Even. But I think I was scrolling through and it was like up to like 12 years back. Yeah, yeah. That is... Yeah. That is fascinating. Yeah. So as now in 2019, you can either, you can kind of comb through your, your videos mm. and you look through the vault in a certain sense, you can see your growth. You can yeah. see how much you have progressed even as a person because I'm sure when you look through those videos, you can kind of imagine your hits, your, your mental space when you were back then. Yeah. Mm. I can tell my children. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, you can. can use this to tell my children what I was when I was a child too. You know, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, just just find me there. You know, I I don't have like a ongoing project which you can follow. But I think my life itself is a project. I guess like, you know. So you can hit me up on Instagram. You know, all my little misadventures mm. and little things and yeah. That's a beautiful way of putting things and I think we'll just end things right here. Thank you for your time, Ian. All right, thanks. Thank you for doing this. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. Don't forget to keep posted for the next one. And if you really liked what you got, give us a follow.